seen my favorite headline of the day. Okay. Woman gets prison for killing romantic rock and posing as her online. I haven't read the story yet, but that sounds titillating. Is that out of Florida? I'm assuming so. Maybe, possibly so. I don't know. I wonder if it is. Sounds like a Florida file to me. The uh, the New York Post is the one who has made the headline, and I'm very interested in reading it. So uh, maybe that will make its way into the rundown on the program. How are you today, buddy? Uh, Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Almost slept through the uh, program today. I don't know why my alarm didn't go off, if it was silented or what, but it was like 4.30. I woke up, and I'm like, oh, man, I feel like I slept in. And then I'm like, Oh, damn, dude, you, you did, did kind of did. Yeah, you did kind of sleep in there. I mean, I made it to work on time, kind of like rushed the morning routine or whatever. But it was like, I don't know what happened there. Kind of uh, it was kind of like, well, dude, is is my phone's been acting stupid for the past, I don't know, two months. And it was just like, well, dude, maybe it's time to uh, maybe it's time to go get a new phone or at least get like a wind up alarm clock or something like that. If it's going to start acting funny, I, uh, I can't trust it. My phone's on the on the brink of being over to actually up for my upgrade in September. And um, I'm still trying to flip the coin on which kind of phone I'm going to get. But I always have to keep my phone plugged in overnight. Right. That way I know it doesn't doesn't die. If I go to bed and uh, that phone's not plugged in, I'll wake up. Phone will be completely dead. Yeah, I can go to bed with complete power. Not using it. Fall asleep. Wake up. Phone will be dead. I mean, that's how done the battery is. Jeez. Dude. Yeah, it's over. It's in a bad situation. Yeah, right it, there. Is, uh, it, it is in fact over. So I just, I'm just trying to drag it over the finish line. Of uh, this last month, and then you know we'll get the upgrade. Although I know it's going to happen because the cell phone companies are sneaky. They are. You know what I mean? I'm going to go in there and they're going to be like, "Oh, well, yeah, technically it's this month, but you missed your upgrade window by three days. You had to do it on the exact day." And so here's a new phone. Give us six hundred bucks. I've never met the a single person who was like, "I walked into the cell phone store for my upgrade, turned in my old phone, got a new one, didn't have to pay anything." I've never met that person. I'm sure it happens. I've never seen it happen. It's never been you. I've n- it's never been me, and it's never been anybody I know. I um I I I, I don't know when I'm going to go do it, but it's just time at this point. It's just like I'm just circling the drain of eh, I don't want to go in there because you know it's going to take an hour, and you know it's going to be forever. like a headache, and it's going to be like. And then they're trying to tell you, no, you really need this plan. Really, I'm using half of the data I have now. Why would I need any more of it? I um I already hate paying that bill every month, so it's just going to increase it. And I'm is not, that the bill that bothers? It's you? It's one of them. I mean, it's. It, uh, you don't love any of them, but no. like the, I feel like between cable and cell phone, I'm like, it's not so much that I, I like. I enjoy my phone. I obviously love having technology in my pocket, sure. and I love being able to like do the things you do on your phone. But it's just so damn expensive to me. Like I just feel like it's so much money. Where you know. You see these commercials, and I'm always, I'm always like, well, maybe I should go to Boost Mobile, maybe I should go to T-Mobile, or maybe I should go to, you know. Well, here's the thing: if if, if you weren't worried about your phone being the problem, I would tell you to do it. I would because I've had T-Mobile or not T-Mobile. Which one was it? Boost Mobile. I, I had Metro PCS Metro for a while, PCS. and the I can tell you that the service was fine. I never was like complaining about the service. Now the phone I got from there wasn't like the greatest, but you can now take a decent phone in there go, go, go take and it go take it over there. And the service itself, I don't think you're going to have an issue with. You don't go a whole lot of places, man. Exactly. You're, you're connected to Wi-Fi 95% of the time wherever you are. Everywhere I go, 95% of the time I'm in Stark County. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not like I'm. It's not like you know. There's people who travel for a living or like you know who have to do stuff like that where it's like, well, I don't want to go through and not have my GPS work. And it's like, no, dude, that's not going to happen. Right, right. When I'm driving, when I'm driving down Tusk into Maslin, it's gonna be okay. I don't need it. If you weren't an Uber driver, I would tell you right mm. now because maybe then. But I honestly, like I said, I used Even their. Then, ma- yeah. I never had a problem. 
I um and Uber Maps sucks like the 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 system that they have used there. So it's not like it's not like putting it on the Metro PCS system is going to tear the entire thing down. Me and my girlfriend are on like a family plan, and it saves us money. But maybe I should like maybe we should sit down and be like, all right, if we did this, it's going to save you money. That, um, yeah, it's not. It's going to save you a lot of it's money. It's not a terrible idea. One of the things that holds me back, and I know some places will uh, help you like expedite this, and other places you they say you can't do it. Is I've had the same number since I was like I don't know like 18 19 years old like my second cell phone I've had the same number so like I've been with the company I'm with for forever and there's a little bit of me like that's like yeah dude you've had the same number forever you're gonna have to learn a new number no people you, are gonna you have can to take it um some places will let you and some places won't like some places you know they'll 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 be like no we can't transfer I took my number there did they to Metro okay yeah I did I once upon a time took my number there so I believe did, there you can did you switch when you came back to something else did you have to switch back over no no I thought I, I, I thought I thought you've switched numbers since we've known each other but wait um, a minute I did yeah I was gonna say somewhere along the line I think you did why did I do that I don't remember. I don't. I don't think it was a carrier issue. Was, I think that was a me thing. It's a. Um, oh, I know what that was. Yeah, I uh, because I had my phone from Vegas. Ah, and I stopped using that. That's what it was. And I, I went back to an Ohio number. I um I, I think I'm at the point where I'm a phone free agent. I think I could go do what I wanted to do. There's a part of me that's like just go with the company you know, and then there's a part of me that's like you spent so much goddamn money with them, like so much money. And it just doesn't seem worth it anymore, so I don't know. See, the cable bill is the one I hate. Okay. That's sitting, honestly, that's sitting on the table at where I keep my mail. It's been there for like a week and a half, and I won't pay it. Right. Like, I know I'm gonna, but like, I drag my feet on every other bill that comes in, I pay it the day it's due, or the, the, the day I get it. Like, just the tier, I don't want to sweat about them. Just pay them. You have the money, just pay them and be done with it. The the cable bill, I always drag my feet on because I feel like I don't use the product enough for what it costs. I just don't. Uh, you know, car car payment is something you're like, well, I have a nice car. Insurance payment, it's like, well, you know, I'm legally obligated to cover That's it. That's peace self, of mind, but right? Self or but uh, cable, it is kind of one of those things where it's like, well, God, I've seen every episode, a rerun of Seinfeld already. So right. I don't know why I'm watching this. You know, I could I could watch the highlights of an Indians game. I don't know why I pretend like ninety five percent of the time this. I'm on Netflix, which I right. could do with just the internet. Right. I don't need the cable. And honestly, I, I what did I I've been saying for months that the only reason I'm keeping it is for Game of Thrones. I rewatched Sunday night's episode yesterday. It's terrible. Not really like, good. And so like I I just I don't even feel like I need it. Honestly, I may cancel it before the end of Game of Thrones. Wow. That's crazy, dude. I mean, honestly, that's kind of a... Uh, yeah, I watched yeah. it again yesterday. And here's the thing. It's not terrible's going too far. I just don't care anymore. Like, not I up, just don't care. Not up to the standard of what you once felt it was. It's just, like, enough now. Like, wrap it up. Like, everything is, like, dragging on, and they're they're not... It's like, you can see it coming from 10 miles away. Everything like, is dragging on. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you feel okay about that, you'd be happy about Let it. that one out there. <laughs> It's like every other TV. It's like every other great TV show. The problem is now is that we have all the information. Yeah. Meaning, you know when stuff's going to end. When I was growing up, you didn't know that. Right. TV guy didn't tell you that. It, we didn't have blogs that told you that. So shows went away and they still felt special. You're like, wait a minute, I wasn't done with that. But now you know a year out that they're done. And so you're sitting there going, well, dude, this is kind of done. Like, just come. And it makes it less special. At least it does for me. I don't know if, it, that, if, if that's a problem for everybody, but it seems to be a thing for me. And I'm just sitting there watching this yesterday like, all right, man, for people who bag on this show, this episode's giving you a lot of – this season's giving you a lot of ammunition. Like, dude, there was, a, there was an episode this year where a group of ships – 
snuck up on another group of ships. Like, just boats sneaking up on boats. Well, in the world of dragons, is that really the thing that's like, nope, that was a line too far for me. That's the thing that, that makes me disbelieve the entire show. So it's just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying it less than I have in seasons past is all. I don't think it's that much worse than anything else they've done. It's just I'm using it less. Well, and when you set a high bar on something, when you had set a high standard and when, you know, y- you loved Game of Thrones, you thought that was, you know, I can understand why when you fall short of it, it feels like a like a like like a big letdown there. Um, before we go to commercial, before we uh, before we move on with the program, I feel like I kind of have an apology is not a right word to you because it's not an apology, but some Somebody reached out to me yesterday and was like, hey, man, dude, things got pretty heated on the show yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I guess. I mean, we're talking about pretty heavy topics and pretty heavy. Like, yeah, I didn't think it world. was just that, that bad as everybody else did. And somebody was like, somebody was like, are you guys going to be able to do the show tomorrow? And I was yeah. like, yeah, we finished, <laughs> dude, like, if you notice yesterday, we, we it got heated. But again, and I even said during the break, I went back and I listened to it. And I, I even said during the break, I, this isn't my side of this. And we're arguing about it as if it is. And it's not. I'm just presenting it. And it did. We got a little heated, but it's stuff that we care about. It's passionate stuff. If you notice, we go right to commercial break there, come right back and talked about, I think, masturbating or something, and the show is fine. Light, 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 yeah, the, I didn't think uh, it. I didn't, there. Honestly, like, we, even when we went to break, we were talking to one another. People, people, I think, did read it differently yesterday that there was points where it was like, I don't know. I didn't mean to be, like, contentious with you or anything. You were a little bit, but that was your job in that right. moment. And I mean, that's kind of like, well, that's that. That's what drives conversation. That's what makes least, you good at this. At least, you know, that's in part like what you're drives. intelligent and have strong opinions. That's what that's what you need. So people people were just like, well, I mean, are you guys going to be able to do the show? Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, I think we should be able to do it. We so. did the rest of the show yesterday. <laughs> right, I mean, if, if right. that was like the I understand that because, dude, believe me, I come. My history is coming from a very contentious program where the fight was like the thing that happened every single day. So, like, I get that, that you know, that keeps people. It does. And, and, and like they're interested in that. But had it been the last break of the show, yeah, then I could understand that reaction because I got a bunch of that yesterday too, and I was like, "Guys, what are you talking?" Five minutes after that was over, fine, we were done. We're fine. I mean, and I think you and I, you know, obviously we have a different perspective on the room than everyone else does. Um, but you and I both had thick skins, and like at this point, three years plus deep into this show, that's, we've done all the arguing. Right? That's not going to be the thing where it's like, "Dude, it's over to the ditch. We're done with this." Like, no, nah, do people oh. misunderstand? these type of relationships a lot. And and I understand it because they just haven't been in them. Right. But these types of endeavors break up over what happens off the air. It's never what happens in the studio. It's always something that happened in the hallway or contract renegotiations right, money, or right. I want to go here and we shouldn't stay here anymore. Let's go here. Normally, we're in unison on that one. <laughs> and uh, anywhere, dude, any port in the storm, right? And uh, but no, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I like there are there have been days. Where I have left here, and I'm sure you as well, where I was like, dude, I just don't want to see that idiot tomorrow. But like yesterday wasn't one of those. Yeah, it's a, it's, um, weird. it's a, um, it's, it's, it's a heated world that we live in right now. So things like that are going to happen. And I think really, I mean, I don't want to be like, you could learn a life lesson from the Stansberry show, but like, oh, more than could, one. You could learn a life lesson from the Stansberry show there where you can get into a, a debate or an argument or anything like that and, and not hate the person. Right. And walk away saying like, it's okay. 
okay, I you know, I, I, the frustration can be there, but it doesn't necessarily have to turn into like I'm incapable of taking the next step, you know, in life or profession or whatever. I posted this on social media yesterday, and I thought it was a pretty good insight to what's going on. And this was not so. Uh, actually, a guy commented and tried to make it solely about Charlottesville. And my post was not solely about Charlottesville, but my post was this: I grew up in the 1980s, and the world was different. Like for years, my parents didn't tell each other who they were voting for. Like, I had aunts and uncles who never talked about it. They just didn't discuss it. It was considered to be an incredibly personal decision that you made. You you didn't talk about it in public. You didn't talk about it anywhere else. Now, you scream at people you'll never meet in real life about it. Right, 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 right. Yes. That's crazy. Should you obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but can you talk to your wife about it? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But look at how far we have come from 1985 to where we are now. I, I think I'm probably somewhere on the fence on that because I feel like people, if you want things to change if you want you know whether that's whether you're on left or right if you want more people on your side and you want your ideals and your principles I don't think most people who vote care about people being on their side on that level though well they care about winning right I mean they care about like being the party in power they care about like winning that not feeling as if their vote was wasted right for voting for the loser okay so I I understand and but like that's the thing is those conversations are for like the kitchen table it's not for everyone it's not for town square it's for the kitchen table so you your wife your kids, your brother, you guys can have those conversations and have that heated debate without necessarily turning it into I hate you. But when you try to have that conversation via Twitter, Facebook, social media, anything you don't like know that, that person. And all of a sudden, you're not connected. Turn the claws out, and right? Start punching each other because you, right? you there's nothing there's nothing to hold you to that other. You don't right. need that person tomorrow to pack your lunch or whatever it is. I, I don't love that person. Right. I don't have respect for that person. I don't know that person. So of course it's going to turn ugly. It just seemed you know really strange to me when I I mean it just I stumbled upon that. Like I remember. As a kid, hearing my parents say to one another, "No, I'm not telling you who I'm voting for," and I remember like thinking about that yesterday, like Jesus, imagine that being the system today. But we can't handle that because, dude, we have social media and we have to tell people what we think every minute of every day. I'm not knocking you; I do this too, probably more than most of you. So, like, I'm not knocking you, but it is a it is a very big transformation from the world I grew up in. It's just very different. I have a uh, I have here uh, Fantone, a guy had to lose a testicle Jeez. over manscaping. Like you can manscape to the point to where you can lose a testicle. We'll give you that awful story next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show on Rock 1069. We're also online for you at WRQK.com. It can be heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. When you're way out to the iHeartRadio Music Festival, we'll give you your first keyword. That happens 8 a.m. I think I'm going to use my iHeartRadio app, oh, which no. is available 100% for free, downloadable with it. for any device. No, I think I'm going to make a Rob Zombie radio station, dude. We played Dragula right there. It sounded awesome. I uh, I dig Rob remember, Zombie. Remember three years ago when yeah. I walked into the boss's office? Yeah. I was like, bro, where's the Rob Zombie? Yeah. Get out of here. Nobody likes that. You're an idiot. Oh, you are an idiot. I and mean, not, that's true. But. but what I love, though, is in the three years since taking over this job and bitching about the fact that that kind of stuff wasn't on this radio station, they quietly just did everything I told them to do while calling me an idiot the entire way. And they just like, You can't take all my ideas, make the radio station better, ratings through the roof, and still call me an idiot. Sandra, what are you talking about? I just did it. What do you mean I can't do that? I just literally did that. I, uh, I don't understand how that works. Yeah, well, dude, welcome to corporate America. Yeah, you know, boss, I think maybe if we did this, shut up, you're dumb. Now, look at this new thought I had. See, I actually got a good glimpse yesterday at the fact that this show works, okay. right? Like, I know the show's funny and interesting and all those things. And I know, like, listeners like it, right? 
But yesterday I went to a client. All right. Because I was having my car repaired at North Canton Collision. Okay. All right. I had just bought in a car. Somebody smacked it with a door in Fisher's parking lot. What a dick. Yeah. And I didn't leave a note, nothing. Right. And so I was like, all right, well, I kind of want to get this fixed. And, you know, we are in business with North Canton Collision. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll take it over there and I'll have it fixed. And so they said to me, because they've just re-upped their advertising with us. And they said to me, they said, dude, we were off the air with you for a little while. I said, yeah, I said, I know that. I said, you know, sometimes people will take a break and then re-up or whatever. And they said to me, they're like, yeah, we were dead. Like, honestly, the phone stopped ringing. Cars weren't here. Like, don't get me like, we had business. Don't get me wrong. But the day we were back on the radio with you, the day you started saying the phone number again, sure enough, phone ringing off the hook. I like it. And I said to Alex, I said, look, man, I said, that's a little column A, little column B. I'm not going to take credit for all of it. But yes, Advertise. I, I said this, and this is the standard in radio. We tell potential clients this all the time. There's a reason why McDonald's never leaves the radio. Yeah. There's a reason why McDonald's never leaves. They have the money to do it, and it works. And yeah. that's why McDonald's will never leave the radio, because and, it works. And, and McDonald's knows that if today we were to remove ads from the Stansberry show, today McDonald's is still selling Big Macs. Yes. Big picture, though, a year from now, six months from now, a year from now. The Whopper's the, road, the king. Right. All of a sudden, dude, that two for six Whopper looks pretty good. You keep hearing about it. You keep hearing about it. You keep hearing about it. And you're smashing out Whoppers before you know it. There you go. Um, so it's consistency. It's being a part of a product that you know people are enthusiastic listening about. Listening to, right. And, and, and not just listening to, but paying attention to and hopefully the Stansberry show delivers that product every day. So yeah, I was uh, I was very happy got my car back. It looks honestly nice. pristine. Nice, like, dude, it, they, I like it. They did a fantastic job. So you know, no matter what kind of collision, big or small, North Canton collision, they fix them all there. That one's free, right? My hey. buddy, yeah, my buddy like Jamie. It. I'll play golf with my buddy Jamie on Sundays, and he constantly, like, from across the fairway, big or small, man, <laughs> they'll fix them all. That's his favorite spot for some reason. That's the one Jamie's always busting my balls about. 330-499-5171 if you have Dang. a little uh, collision that you would like to get repaired. Little this big, guy, I don't think North Canton collision will fix this, though, but a guy had to lose a testicle, and Jeez. I feel bad for him. Jeez. So so his buddy wrote into Men's Health and told him the story. So my buddy was shaving his coin purse in the mirror, and uh, <laughs> he had one leg up on the sink. Remember, much like my yes. gold bond story, yes. where I almost fell backwards and killed myself in my own bathroom. But he had one leg up on the sink, and his leg then slipped, and instantly they say there was blood everywhere. So you know what happened here? He had the razor near the near the boys. Okay. Foot slips and the razor then scrapes Ugh. across all like well, the coin purse there. And since his parents weren't home, he knew he had effed up pretty badly and he needed to go to the hospital. So they drive him he drives himself to the hospital, but the damage had already been done. The man's testicle officially had gone solo. They had to remove it. Um, I know that trauma to the testicles can lead to removal. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, I figure a, d- a deep cut to your scrotum, you know, stitches, something like that. But I mean, he obviously must have done damage outside of just scraping the, the yam yeah. bag there. I mean, he, the, I don't know what's going on inside there. You know what I mean? Was it an infection or something? I mean, that's a possibility of why you'd have to have a testicle removed. Yeah, maybe they didn't really go into like what exactly had happened. I just thought the story of like ripping it open with a razor. Jesus. 
how oh my god i can barely finish telling you the story <laughs> like there's just that is awful well and it just goes to show you got to be careful when you have sharp objects around your groin like i don't know <laughs> i listen i understand i feel that like the, do we have to tell adults that you've got to get a better angle on it so you put your leg up you know captain morgan style you've got it sitting there up on the sink is that how you but do it instead of on the sink maybe on the toilet would be a better idea less like, leverage lower there you've got to you know you've got less to fall less to kind of worry no about. mirror though and who, who this guy's like oh and his parents weren't home how old is this kid what was this yeah i don't know about like, that i thought that was weird like, too probably home from college maybe <laughs> okay, all right, all right. maybe home or, from college I mean, millennials you know them they're always moving back in with their parents because they can't get a real job and don't want to do any work so he's probably just a millennial loser i would assume that would that's terrifying i am um, the manscaping is a tricky thing it's uh, you know what I mean. I know women are like, dude, we've been doing this forever. Right. Don't complain about this, but it is. It's a little bit. It's a little bit tricky. It's like, well, where do I stop? Where do I go? How far do we go? Do I get lift them up? You know what I mean. See, and that's what we need to start talking about: is making America great again. When guys didn't have to do this, when you just walked out there, seventy style, took your underwear, took your tidy whiteies off, and who cared? When you heard no, it was no problem. And you heard <laughs> <laughs> when you pulled the underwear back. You hear that one? So. I have more proof here, I think, that Fantone hates me and would, okay. and would like to see me fail. <laughs> okay. I was talking about this yesterday, about me not being able to get my eating under control, and this tall some bitch <laughs> sends me like the new thing that's available to eat, and I know you, dude. I know he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He thinks he's going to start tomorrow, but he ain't, because I'm going to send him this thing, and Fantone's out to like shoot me in the foot and make sure I'm never skinny. I don't know why, but he takes pleasure in me never being skinny, and he sent me the new fast food item, and you're right, buddy. I can't wait to get my hands on it. We'll tell everybody what it is next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Fantone, we have received a piece of uh, negative email. Shocker. On the program. All right. Okay. And this is actually not about something we've talked about live this morning. This is something coming from the best of that runs from five to six. Okay. Okay. So before I read you this email, I will tell you what I told people here in the building when I was asked to put a best of on from five to six o'clock in the morning and again from six to nine o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. I said to my boss, I said, I'm all for it. Give the people more product. If that's what they want, I'm cool with it. I said, but just so you know, when you get in trouble for things you do on the radio, it's never while you're doing them live. It's always when you put it back on the radio for a second time. That's when somebody hears it, and that's when they complain about it. As long as we're all going to be on page with that, and we're all going to know that, I'm okay with doing this. There's no statute of limitations about people being upset about something. It doesn't no. matter if it's from September of 2015. Okay. So this woman then right. emails like the like from to like WRQK.com. And my boss was on me on Friday about, like, you know, just make sure you're not pushing women away from the radio station. I know it's a rock station. I know you kind of have to like walk the edge, but let's make sure we're not like pushing them out of the fold, which again, if you go and check out my ratings historically throughout my entire career, I've done very well with women. So I don't really ever worry about that as much as management does because, well, that's his job to worry about it and it's his job to remind me of it. And so that's when I worry about it when he reminds me of it, right? That's kind of fair. Everybody kind of does their job. But there was a there was a segment that ran this morning between five and six a.m. I'm going to again say that between five and six a.m. because I'm going to take issue with part of what her email has to say that ran. Well, we were talking about a local story that had happened here, where a guy had relieved himself into a bottle of orange juice. I'm changing my language because I've already taken a piece of hate mail on it. Okay, okay? 
He relieved himself into a co into a into co-workers orange juice. Relieved himself in the fun way. Relieved himself in the, the feel good way. Not because, the not the right. world's necessity of I got to get this liquid out. Of okay, me. all right. Okay. Okay. Right. So she sends this email. The, you can respond via our website wrqk.com, and it first goes to the boss, and then he like disperses it out. And she says, "Okay, it's morning." Masturbation into orange juice, school children topic, question mark. Yes, it's news. Do I want my children listening to this? No. So I'm going to stop you right here. Kathleen, I'm not Mr. Rogers. I'm not children's entertainment. This is not, this is, I, what I, I always say this about journalistic, but people are like, you're not fair. You're not balanced. I don't owe you fair. I don't owe you balanced. I'm, this isn't journalism. And I also, this is not children's entertainment. I'm not no, Mr. Rogers. no. I, I I understand that there is a line and that guys like me and shows like this can go too far and I've been guilty of it in the past. I will totally agree with that. But this is not meant to entertain your children. Also, what school are you sending your kids to that they're there before 6 o'clock in the morning? Again, this was best of that ran between 5 and 6. So do you really have kids or do you just want to make problems for a guy who's doing his job? Yeah, to throw it to throw it like, oh my gosh, think of the children. Yes, think of your or children and think You're that, raising them, Kathleen, not me. Think that when you hear something inappropriate on the radio that you change the station. That's totally... And listen, I... I listen, we don't want you doing that, but sometimes you're going to have to as a parent. I, 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 I want everybody to listen all four hours every single day and as right. soon as the show's over I want you to go to iHeartRadio and start your own Stansberry station <laughs> I do that's what I want but I know you get out of the car I know there's a song that comes on that you don't or like you listen to somebody uh, right. else in commercial right. breaks and, those, and we know how it works those are all fine things or we're talking about something that either doesn't interest you or you don't agree with us on or, or a million different things I want you to come back that's my thing is I know you're going to leave sooner or later for right. whatever for reason. some reason I just want you to come back that's my end goal that's where it's like well that's where our win is but if if you're in the car with your children and somebody, whether it's the Stansberry show or a million other things, are talking about something that you don't feel is appropriate for your children, now's the time for you to act. Change that station. Change it. What bothers me is, like I said, my boss was kind of on us about this on Friday, and he was right about it. I, wa- I remember I said to him in the office, I was like, you're right. We do need to make sure that we're in bounds, right? I'm all for that. But he's sending me this this to me because he feels as if it backs up his point, and it doesn't because this is about her kids, not her. Like he was worried about women don't find you and I funny, and I just know that that's not true from the inboxes and the like, right? But it's again, it's his job to be concerned, and he's doing his job properly. But this is about her children, and if I start programming this rundown as to what is good for a ten year old, the fifty year olds are gonna bail, and we're gonna be in a rating downslot like right so like it's kind of my job to be like not children's entertainment yeah i think that's fair <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to have to agree um, i mean when parents what? tell me they listen while they're taking their kids to school i'll be honest i i question you i'm like what and depending on the kid depending on depending are, on the day the, age whatever what we happen to be talking about like at seven o'clock we're going to talk about lebron your kids can hear that now when it comes to like any other avenue when it comes to any other form of entertainment media anything like that the movies you as an adult watch are not the same as the movies you as a child. So why do people expect watch. radio to do that? 
right. Why you know would that why? Be the same? Because you didn't pay anybody for it. You got in your car, you turned on the button, and so you feel as if you own it. And and honestly, radios made the mistake of telling, well, it's public airwaves and they belong to you. We've done a very bad job of being ho-hum. You know, the industry as a whole, thanks for having us on, blah, blah, blah. We've done a very, and do we've empowered these 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 complainers to complain. We have a, a, a regulation board that is looking for us to mess up, and when we do, we will know about it. The FCC exists for a reason. Everything, every single thing in that break is totally okay right. over FCC regulation. So, and that's the bar. That's the well. It's like as long as, and that's where the public, you know, as a public service. Yes, you're right. We're not allowed to say the F word. There are things we're not allowed to go into, and we obey those rules. So, listen. I, what was her name? Charlene, Darlene, Kathleen, was it? Kathleen, whatever, dude. Hey, like, if you don't like it. I, the station. Here's what I'm promising all of you. I will not, I will not program this show to entertain your small children. I won't do that. If that's what you want, Disney Radio's out there. Go get it. Coming up next on Kathleen Kids Radio. Like, come on, Kathleen. Yeah, this, I mean, I, I get that, that we're sanitizing the entire world and everybody's got a platform and all. I get it. I understand. I've said this many times. There's never been a better time to do this job because of how many news stories there are out there in the world, but there's never been a harder time to do it either because people are just too wishy washy to be able to handle this. But, Kathleen, I promise you, I'm never, not one time, trying to entertain your children. That's not what I'm trying to do. LeBron is out. I, I was the first one to tell you, and now everybody's starting to come on board. We'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Before the break, we read you a piece of... I don't want to call it hate mail. This woman just had her kid in the car and heard something that she didn't think was appropriate. Emailed my boss and was like, is this appropriate for kids? And I'm maintaining that this show isn't designed for children. No, this is not, not. Believe me, that's do children are the last thing I think about. I noticed I didn't even have any. <laughs> they were the, the last thing I think about while preparing this program. And Alyssa writes in and says, I'm a woman and I think the show's hilarious. Oh. I've never been a fan of talk radio, but I listen to you every morning. Who doesn't want to hear Fantone say dong 20 times? I might even say King Kong double dong this morning. I don't know, dude. Let it rip. And what I this is what's really annoying. And I'm sure your boss is like this, too. I could show him a thousand of these because I have a thousand of these right. after talking about that email. Won't care. It's the one that will ring loudest above all. But I'm not going to ruin the rest of the program over it. Derail it, dude. Who cares? It's Thursday. Let's crash this son nah, of a bitch. That's what he wants. That's what he wants so he can end up being right in the end. No, there will be no derailing. All wheels intact. <laughs> All four wheels. We might lose one right here, though. Phantom's gonna Phantom's gonna might. lose his mind, bro. Your Cavaliers are in a tailspin, dude. It was. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't talk about this the other day because things did get heated in the program, and I didn't want to come back at you with this and have us get into a real fight, dude. I don't care about politics, race relations, what's going on in America today. That's all secondary, dude. But if we but start Kyrie Irving, here, all right. but Kyrie Irving, bro, like you have been one of these people, and I want you to understand that I agree with you ultimately okay. that LeBron and Scrubs can go back to the Eastern Conference Championship, right? Yes. And so, yes. like your theory's been like, okay, if Kyrie wants out, we'll trade him and we'll get a hero's bounty back, and LeBron will have enough ammo. Right. Well, now the rumors are that other teams aren't willing to give up superstars for Kyrie Irving. 
And it's part of the reason is not necessarily LeBron, but Kyrie has said, I'm not staying anywhere long term. And so like teams are like, well, then why am I giving up a superstar to send to Cleveland for Kyrie for a year? Or whatever it is. Two years? Is two it, years. Is it two years, years player option on the third. Two years player option on the third. He's already come out and said he's not picking up that player's option. Now, depending on where you trade him, yeah. but would he maybe change his mind? But it's causing other teams to be hesitant. The, the, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, teams are not interested in giving up a lot to get Kyrie Irving. So that's going to be hurtful. Um, yes, I will agree that that's not a great thing, but I will say that there's so much time left. And like, we can say that right now, August 17th, a month and a half before training camp starts, nobody's willing to make big moves. There's a lot of time left on the clock. So I'm not, a lot of things can happen. I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily concerned that teams don't feel that they need to make a big move right now. As things progress, as you start to see what your team is, as you start to see what your team's deficiencies are, somebody gets hurt, teams will decide. Side, we do need to make a move here. So I'm, I'm genuinely, I mean, he, Kyrie Irving, for as much as I'm irritated and upset with him right now, remains to be one of the elite point guards in the NBA, a point guard living, driven league. He's going to find somebody who's going to, who's going to make a move for him. Okay. I, um, I, that may be true. I, it, you know, I'm hearing now teams don't want to give up a bunch. And if I was a team GM, I wouldn't either for him. For, not for what I'm seeing. Like, again, I know I've kind of defended the move, but it does look crazy that oh, he wants is. out of here. It, 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 but here's the thing, though, is like, you have to remember that, like, all these other guys that are going to be rumored into a trade about Kyrie, those guys all have contracts too. And probably most of them aren't five year full deals in front of them. Right. They probably have one year, two year, three years, much like Kyrie has left on his contract where like yes you can say well I'm not going to trade you know uh, for for a young talent uh, you know I, I I've got him for for three years and it's like well you you have the, you're in the same predicament that the Cavaliers are in in the sense of like you have the control there somebody is going to want to make that move I kind of would like to see Damon Lillard in a Cavaliers jersey if we're not going to I would rather have Kyrie I would much rather have Kyrie Irving, but if we can do something and we're going to have to replace that position, I'd kind of like to see Damian Lillard. I um, you know, you bring I'm a Trail Blazers fan though. You, you bring up that you know other teams and general managers aren't necessarily going to be willing to make these moves. Um, and a part of the problem is right now is that people don't respect the front office of the Cavaliers and they think they can wait and they can get Kyrie on the cheap. So I understand. So like you said, think if David Griffin was here, we'd get a bunch for Kyrie oh, Irving? One hundred percent. Oh, I dude. disagree with you, dude. It's about Kyrie Irving's attitude. I think they're dude the. Sports are changing, and dude, these these GMs want players who are non selfish, who want to be a part of a system, who want to be part of multiple guys. That's the NBA now, dude. Nobody wins on their own. You need four top players to be able to win, and I think GMs want guys like that. And Kyrie Irving, everything he says and everything he does would turn you off. I'm not sure Griffin could get could he get more probably than was it Altman or whatever? I think he could probably get more than that, but I don't think he would work this mysterious magical deal that that would have us going, "Oh, okay, I'm all right with Kyrie leaving." He, it's about what the player get, awards you with the negotiating and Kyrie's not giving you a lot to negotiate he with. He has the resume of working those magical deals. The guy was able to turn nothing into something time and time and time again. So, I don't even think but here's the thing is I think if David Griffin was still the general manager of the Cavaliers, I don't think Kyrie's leaving. Now that might be true. So now that like, might be true. It's kind of a moot point there. Th- that that GM could maybe like massage that relationship between. That's kind of their job is take egos and get them like like a program director's job at, at a radio station. Everybody here's got an ego, and it's his job to kind of be like, okay, yes, you're important for this, and you're important Does for our this. Boss know that? And then get each other. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. All but right. now let's move on to LeBron James because it was three days ago. Adrian Wojnarowski, again, one of the most respected. 
NBA reporters there is says the the Cavaliers and LeBron both are preparing themselves for a LeBronless era in Cleveland for the Cavaliers. And now Chris Sheridan yesterday saying an NBA source said today this will be LeBron's final season in Cleveland. He is one hundred percent leaving. Relationship with owners is beyond repair. Now I know. Okay, it was Chris Broussard tweeted out yesterday also, sources close to LeBron James saying they're shooting down this rumor. Well, of course that's what he's going to do. This is what LeBron does. But of course, aren't reporters going to do the contrary and do the thing that makes it some attention? Yeah, but I think, dude, it's, it's pretty much widely considered outside of Ohio that he's gone. And that, it, that, it, that, that this has been his move for so, a while. So then why isn't he leaving this year? He's got a no trade clause, right? He can, he can waive that, and and that's not that's not like it's a, it's his option to to deny that no trade clause. Well, the season hasn't started yet, so why? But what if he knows he's leaving, and he knows he can't win a championship here without Kyrie? You want what? my honest to god opinion? Yeah. And people laughed at me when I floated this idea three months ago, and now it seems like this is where everybody thinks he's going. He wants to see if the Lonzo thing pans out. So if it doesn't, where's what's his what's he's got to have a plan, right? I mean, so like he's waiting to see if oh, Lonzo Ball is he, he, is the truth. He's got three plans. I'm sure LeBron has three plans. You don't think that there's maybe another idea of him and Dwayne Wade going back to Miami together? That might be. I, I, Dwayne Wade's expecting a buyout, right? And, and that's and that's what he's that's what's going to win him a championship. That's I, his best avenue to a championship. I, I don't know, but like let's not pretend guys don't make mistakes. So, you think just because, like, just because in your mind it doesn't win him a championship that he's not going to do it? I think, Guys make mistakes. I think that he is a smart enough basketball player to know what puts him in the he's best He's not going to win a championship here either, bro. You, your second best player is leaving. Kevin Love can't defend anybody from the Western Conference. And, dude, they, were, they looked flat. Like, he can't win. Somebody said this to me on Twitter yesterday. He's not going to leave again. It messes with his legacy. It, 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 then people are going to say, well, he can't win with, without superstars. Bro, he can't win with superstars so, here. So. Well, I mean, he won a championship, right? So couldn't do it again, and, though. And he won. And he, he got this to is the a what final. have you done for me in the last five minutes? Business sports is, and you know that. And, well, he's gotten you to the finals in the last three consecutive. I NBA agree. Years. I'm not, dude. People are saying you should trade LeBron James. I'm not that guy. If if you if he knows that he's leaving, if he knows that he's gone after this year, and he knows that he can't win a championship here, why wouldn't he say, "Hey, trade me to one of these super teams, and I can go play with my friends, and I can go take my ball and go home, and I can ch- ring chase like everybody says he wants to do"? Well, if the relationship is so bad with the owner, why would the owner give him what he wants? Because the owner knows that I have to have a team after LeBron. Why would I hold on to him for a year? I, what's the victory in that? I just I, I don't see a scenario in which he stays. What's, for what? I, what's the victory in the ownership letting? him stay for a year and then leave for nothing. The victory in the ownership would be trade him now. See, this is what I love. The future. Everybody bags on the ownership and then when it comes to this is why he's not going to leave, all of a sudden now the owner's really smart and going to make the right call. Everybody play, Everybody complains that Dan Gilbert doesn't make the right call, but in this one scenario, he's going to nail it. Well, but you can't have it that Dan way. Dan Gilbert has his interests in mind, his interests of like, all right, this is my team. This is my investment. This is what I'm doing. It would make no sense for him to hold on to LeBron for a year, knowing that he's going to walk out the door. Why wouldn't you trade him? Why I, wouldn't LeBron want to be traded? And why wouldn't the Cavs want to trade him? Well, I, again, you have no power in where you're traded. So LeBron doesn't want to be traded. Any team in the NBA is going to trade a considerable amount to... to and yes, he does. Because in his no-trade contract, he can say, yes, you can trade me in this situation, but you can't in others. Yes, he does have control of that. Oh, so th- so there is language in his contract that says where that. He's, yes, he's in control of his no-trade clause. So if he says if he says yes... Okay, well, that does make a difference. I will take that, I will take that trade to Houston, but no, you're not trading me to... 
Minnesota. I think what is happening here is he wants, I don't think he cares what you, I, or the fan thinks, but he does care what he thinks. And I think LeBron is thinking this, that I, I gave you four years. And so, like, dude, when, when, when I go and you guys talk trash, I don't have to care because they gave you four. The title's the thing. The four years is nothing. The title's the thing. I gave you the title. So why would he, oh, waste, dude, if you, why would he waste another year of his career as he's aging, as he's putting more miles on his body? Why would he put more miles on his legs for the Cavaliers knowing that he's going to walk out? I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm putting my I'm, – I'm telling you, I'm making my statement. This is LeBron James's last year in a Cavaliers uniform. I don't disagree with that. I don't think that it's like, oh my God, that's absolutely insane. I don't think he's made up his mind. I don't think he knows what he's going to do. Oh, see, this is what I, I dude, this is what I love about, uh, about Cavs fans is that the rest of the time, LeBron James is the most calculated, smartest player ever, thinks 12 moves down the field, but where he's going to play next, he's not already thinking about? You don't, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen this year. If it ends up that Dwayne Wade gets a buyout and he comes to Cleveland and somehow or another the Cavs are able to add to the team, you know, through the Kyrie Irving trade and they end up, you know, making another run or winning a championship, then yeah, that's going to change how things are. I, I, I agree that you, he's a calculated player, but you can't, you can't, you don't know what's going to happen. Does he have plan A, B, C, D, E, and F? Of course he does, but you don't know which one of those plans you're going to implement until you know what's going to happen this year i would i would maybe meet you halfway and say that none of the decisions are concrete but he's starting to prepare himself and make the decision that he's going to go i'm going to again i'm in the business of live opinions and i could be wildly wrong about this and when i'm wrong or if i'm wrong if you want to come back and say you're an idiot you were wrong feel free but LeBron James will be a Laker like I had insinuated months ago and everybody laughed at me. And now that's all the buzz all over the NBA is that's where he's going to go play. Meanwhile, dude, I was the guy out there and everybody laughed at me. But LeBron James will be a Laker or he will be a Houston Rocket. Those are my those are my predictions as what happens. But I've been telling you for weeks now, prepare yourself. If, you, if you're one of these, I'm going to burn jerseys or I'm going to hate them or I'm going to call them la bitch or any of this stuff. Start doing it now because this rain is over. I've been telling you this for a while. Why does everybody, why is everybody trying to get away from him? Why is Kyrie Irving trying to get away from him? Why can Dan Gilbert not get along with him? Why could Pat Riley not get along with him? Why could dude, Eric Spolscher the first year, constant bitching on the sideline? It's because he's the greatest ever and he is a pain in the ass. And dude, sometimes you wear people out like so that. So Houston's going to take him? I think Houston will take him to win a championship and beat and beat the Warriors. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but that's not going to, he's not going to be too much of a pain in the ask for that you know what i'm saying again like, he works short term for him even he dude he gets tired of people be the same thing lebron is a turnover artist it's what he does not on the court this is what he does if you pay attention to him look at the johnny manzel thing dude he was all about manzel and then the moment manzel started to falter what did he do cut the boy right off and pretended like that relationship had never happened as the relationship as things developed as things changed as new information became available he changed his plan which is exactly what i think he'll do with this year is that he doesn't know what he's going to do he is flexible he is somebody that can think on his feet. I would agree that he doesn't know what the plan is for sure where he's going, but I would argue that he knows he's not going to stay here. That w- that is just my point. I'm going to speculate on the teams I think he ends up with, but I'm I'm promising you, you have one more year of LeBron James, and then that is it. This is business. Don't fall for the I, dude. Don't fall for the I came home and all this stuff, dude. Dude, it's all fake. So if he doesn't care about coming home and all this stuff and what the fans think about him, then why would he stay this next year? 
For, I, for, so that people can say, well, you lost it again? I, dude, I'm just telling you, there might not be the right landing spot for him yet. There are things that we don't know. He's in meetings that we're not in. There are things happening that no, that the rumors haven't started to come out yet. And I, I've, dude, I've met you halfway. I've met you to the point where maybe he doesn't know quite where, where he wants to go yet. But has he made up his mind that he's no longer going to be a Cavalier after this last year? My answer is yes on that. Look, everybody thought he was crazy when the rumors started coming out he was going to leave Miami. No way. Multiple titles. Beautiful state. No state. State tax. He's got Dwayne Wade. Why would he leave? Boom. Out. This is what this guy does. Every moment, people are like, no, he'll never do this. And then he ends up doing the thing everybody tells me he's never going to do. It was, dude, these same guys, these, dude, the Cleveland.com and all these people were the same people telling you he was never leaving Cleveland the first time. They are fanboys. I'm telling you, you get one more year of the greatest ever, and then it's over. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock. We'll send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Check out David Guetta, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, Slew of others. Pink also going to be there as well. I'd go just for that. Friday night, see Pink. I've actually seen her. She does put on one hell of a show. We'll send you out to Vegas, 8 o'clock. You get your first keyword of the day. I read this, Fantone, yesterday, and I think that you and I both should pay very close attention to it. Okay, These are mistakes people are making that cost them money in the workplace. Okay. Right? Everybody that, wants to be, you know, fix that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Right? Everybody wants to make more money at work. And apparently we all do things that might be costing us money in our paychecks. Now, one of the very obvious ones, so we'll just, you know, get through it, you know, first and fast, is that texting through the morning meeting with your boss, probably not a good idea. Right. And I have said, Fantone will tell you, there we don't do a lot of whole staff meetings here, but, you know, you just don't have to as much anymore. But, like, when we do, I've always said, I've walked out of there saying, I can't believe grownups bring their cell phones into a work meeting and play on them and while somebody is speaking. Like, we actually had somebody from, like, National come in. And was like speaking about the company as a whole. And I was watching 40-year-old women text during that meeting. I was like, guys, what are you, an idiot? You don't feel like you're being judged right now? Texting in any work meeting is probably not the right idea. Yeah, having your phone out. Now, I understand there are people and maybe even you want to put the perception out there that like, yo, I'm so important. I can't be away from my phone. If something comes up, this is more important. And But like, I would argue that the guy addressing the room is probably more important than you. Most times. You're not in that <laughs> position to be right. like, you know, so like if our boss was in a meeting and using his phone, it's like, well, he's the boss. The rules are different. But yeah. Right. And uh, dude, honestly, I would say, you know, as you know, all oh, these millennials are so attached to their phones. Adults blah, are blah. just as bad. It was, I mean, it, it was. We have no millennials outside of you. It was 40 year old women. It was, right. it was like, you know, it wasn't me. I guess right. is the point. To that's make that's the point there. Another mistake people are making is you skip drinks. They say happy hour might actually hit your wallet in a good way. Drinkers earn 10 to 14% more. Now, I would agree that if your coworkers are getting together, and even if you're like your shift manager or your boss is going, and you don't feel like going to the bar for drinks, you should probably go. Yeah. Being one of the group will normally help you. It's, dude, you ever notice this This happens where we work, and I'm sure it happens where, where you work. The best and the brightest aren't the ones that move up the chain. It's always who the boss likes. 
So just be around, be part of the group, be one of the guys, be one of the girls. That's that's how it works, right? Um, I would think that the same applies to um, smokers. If your boss is a smoker and like going out there with him and having that relationship of like, hey, that five minutes right, alone with right, him, right. where he can like vent about work and you can too. All of a sudden, now you're on a personal level. Not that you should pick up cigarettes if your boss is a smoker, but still, like you have a, an avenue there to kind of get you know create a relationship. I agree with you, but this. Kind of flies in the face of that. They say not all vices pay. Each year, smoke cuts your total worth by $410, or about 4%, says research from our very own The Ohio State University. A new study uh, in the Internal Medicine magazine found smokers earn about $5 less an hour than non-smokers do. The reason are multifaceted, they claim. Smokers may be less educated, impacting your salary, which, yes, I could see that. Breaks may bother employers. Now, that I could believe. If your boss doesn't smoke, I agree with what Fantone said, but if your boss doesn't smoke, this could go the other way. Hanging out in the parking lot, chiefing out Paul Malls while your boss is in there doing work is not going to... not going to translate well. This is where, honestly, I got to give Fantone a little bit of credit. Okay, I'll take it. This is you're, You would be good at this. And they say, if you want to make more money, ask for a million dollars. People who jokingly did this in a University of Idaho study wound up with 9% more cash than who's opted for, for more realistic requests. Whatever number you start with, even if it's not the, the one your boss would want you to say, you end up meeting in the middle at a much higher number than you would have gotten on your own. Yeah. It's like selling something. I mean, being being bold enough to even ask you, I think, is a step in the right direction. But then to, yeah, be like, no, dude, you're giving me an extra million dollars. It, it does. It it's going to it, right. It's going to lead to a higher bot or a middle ground there. You know, I it, would agree. It, yeah. you, you know, you're not getting a million dollars, but somewhere in between is what you really want. Another money mistake you're making at work, you use round numbers. They say when you're negotiating your salary, you should ask for $78,750 instead of $80,000. They said it can make you more likely to land the offer closer to what you want if you use real numbers versus like rounding it up. Yeah. I would have never thought of that. Um, uh, the thing that makes me say yes is instead of saying, yo, give me $80,000, saying that seven, uh, you know, 70000 or whatever, that... It's like the it's like instead of spending ten dollars on something, you spend nine ninety nine, and subconsciously you're like, okay, well that's a bargain, and it's like no, you know, right. true value. It's worth the exact same amount of money, but subconsciously your boss thinks to himself, well, like I'm not giving well, I'm him saving I'm, two grand, right? I'm not giving him eighty thousand dollars, but I'm saving two thousand dollars right. on this. Another mistake uh, that we make in the office on that affects our paycheck, and I did this it, with this job. You take the first offer. You're psyched to get the gig, and um, they say, I had an old boss that actually worked for iHeartRadio, and he doesn't anymore, actually. They shoved him out. But my, my old boss, Mike Kenny, used to say this to me all the time. Nothing happens until somebody says no. Like, no, no negotiation starts until somebody says no. And I had forgotten that here. I was not, I had had a, I was bartending, but I didn't have a radio job when I got offered this job. And radio companies will use that to their advantage to get you to work for nothing, right? So I came down here and I was in the boss's office and there was two of them and one of me and they're kind of like, you know, double teaming me Just on the money. Tag team at Stansberry. And the DP of Dan Stansberry coming th- up next. This was the first exploratory meeting I had with them. And again, they called me. I did not apply for this job. And, so they, they said, well, what's it going to take to get you in, in the studio? And I said, I don't know. This is our first meeting. We're going to have to talk about it. And my boss, my current boss said to me, you don't have time to think about it. I want the number and I want it now. And so I said to him, I said, okay, 
I'm going to sell myself in here for less money than I know I should make because I know I'm the guy. I know I can increase your ratings. I know I can increase billing, which, by the way, we have. And I know I can do all this stuff. So I'm going to sell myself in here cheap, and that way the next time the contract comes up, you have to pay me. And they didn't. And they and I won't call it screwed me over because that sounds right. mean and it sounds like I'm like like I'm holding animosity and I'm not really I kind of know what my state uh, what do I always talk about it, it's it, it, you got to know who you are self awareness is huge but this did kind of happen to me and I am a little guilty of okay yeah just give me that and fine I'll make it work I'm a little guilty of that um you know I think our job's different than a vast majority in the sense of it's a passion project and they know that like well you want to do this job therefore we can we can we can offer you something different um and it's a dude that's a ballsy move to say no when you have a guaranteed like hey here is something that will change your life you're gonna have you know the avenue to to voice your opinion that you want you're gonna have a job with benefits and a job that you can pay your bills on and to you and I at one point it was like oh my god like something that I can afford rent with yes sign the dotted line um but it is it's it's it, when you tell your boss no when it comes to that contract the fear is is that they're gonna say well see ya I have made up my mind that because of the way this negotiation has went this last time out yeah. that honestly I am. I see this sounds like I'm backing him into a corner and I'm not really trying to do that, but I am preparing myself for the, okay, well then see ya. Like I I am kind of preparing myself financially for the, if, okay, well then if I gotta, if I gotta hold out and I gotta wait out, I'm going to be prepared while I do it. I'm putting the nuts on the side of the cheeks, Pantone. I'm going, I'm going full rodent. I really wish I would have used another analogy. I was going to say, but you know, we'll move on from it. I really wish I would have used another analogy on that. We have Green Day tickets. You'll get hooked up. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here. There are very few things in life more frustrating than when you take great care of your car and some idiot in traffic smashes all into it. If you've been in a collision, whether it be big or small, North Canton Collision is who you call. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist. They repair every make and every model. North Canton Collision also has 24-hour towing. They have on-site rental cars and state-of-the-art paint technology. And every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. Find North Canton Collision located on the corner of South Main and Rose Lane in North Canton. Or call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or visit NorthCantonCollision.com for more info. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I want to answer this listener's question. She just hit me up via Twitter and says, Stansberry, I know you work very closely with the Wakeham Auto family. She's yeah. like, do they take trade-ins? I said, absolutely they do. Of course they do. They give you more for your trade-in. Yeah. kidding me? Kayla, so, uh, you know, head up and see, uh, and see my friends over at Wakeham. They would love to get you into a new vehicle. They would love to do that. Um, a guy I trust and a guy I love dearly, who I hold very uh, dear to my heart, Fantone can attest to this. He's, he, he has seen it in person. I love Mark Munch Bishop. He's like one of my favorite people ever. Brother! I, uh, yeah, homie. G-Force. <laughs> he, uh, Where's he from? Uh, <laughs> I'm from 53rd and Ham, homie! <laughs> That's that's Munch, right? That's just who he is. He's so Ohio, like there's no there's no getting it out of him, right? And my first job in radio was being Munch's assistant. He ran the promotions department for a rock station, and I was his his assistant for a long time, and I loved that job. But he was listening to us this morning, Fantone, and he says, Stan's Ram, I'm gonna say it right here, right now. It defies logic for King James to leave the land. 
Okay. Now, Munch is a widely respected sports figure, has, you know, uh, contacts inside all organizations, has sources, as reporters are known to have. Right. As pundits are known to have. Right. Munch has sources. And uh, so he may know something I don't. But Munch, I love you, brother. But I think you're wrong on this one. And if you're still listening, I smell a wager opportunity. And whatever it is you would like to bet, it's probably Mr. Hero Sandwiches. It's probably, it's probably what he's going to want. That dude, he just loves Mr. Hero, that guy. And so do I. How could you not? How could you not? It's so damn good. So Munch, I'll tell you this, buddy. You name the wager. You're claiming uh, LeBron James stays here, stays put. I'm saying he's out. And uh, I will make said wager. Roman burgers on me, I guess. If it, you know, if he stays there, uh, dude, I can't win. I want to get in on some Roman burgers. I don't care if I win them, lose them. If I what I have to do, <laughs> LeBron goes, stays, whatever he does, I just want a Roman burger. I uh, we're gonna get into this a little later in the program. Roman burgers? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, as I have a few minutes here before I have to pass out these Green Day tickets, I thought this was an interesting stat that Joe Thomas for the Cleveland Browns has protected. 20 quarterbacks since starting for the Cleveland Browns. Brock Osweiler or Deshaun Kaiser will be number 21. Now you got to remember, it was six last year. But 20 quarterbacks. And I believe Joe Thomas is a Hall of Fame talent. Okay? But if somebody said to me, yeah, but dude, he plays like a position people don't care about, and he played for a team that never won, so we're going to hold him out of the hall for that? I don't know how I'd argue it. Well, I believe he's got the talent to be in. It's, but winning's part of the component, right? Quantifying um, the talent of an offensive lineman is a tough thing to do. Hard it to really do. is, and I mean, you can just see it on guys. But that's that's like saying like I know art when I see it. That's such a bunk thing to say. Of like, well, that's an opinion based thing, right? Where where with like To, I can make the argument, dude. Third top receiver in the NFL. See, like, that's that's where I was going to go right there. Was T.O. That was the exact example I was going to use because if you put Joe Thomas in, T.O.'s not like that. To me, is crazy. Um, and I, I I know that I in the past have said Joe Thomas is going to be the biggest loser in the Hall of Fame, and I'll stand by that because it's going to be well. The his case. record will be that. Oh, it's a, when it comes to winning percentage, it will not even be close. I can't imagine it'd be close. I have asked, asked, and asked around people I know in the Hall of Fame, people I know on Twitter. Oh yeah, I've asked who, research who has who has a worse winning percentage than Joe Thomas is in the Hall of Fame. I have gotten no answer on that. Nobody has been able to give me that. Right so. now, Jimmy McCris's head is exploding. <laughs> I'll find you the answer. That's the thing is, I have asked Jimmy, and I thought, I was like, well, he's going to have some sort of insight on this. Nobody can come up with it. Oh, well, if Jimmy McChris doesn't have it, nobody's got I it. I don't want to get into hot take, Bill, of like, Joe Thomas sucks, because he doesn't suck. No, he doesn't suck. He doesn't yeah, suck. I won't let you say that, But no. you're right, dude. If somebody, if somebody, you know, the voters of the Hall of Fame decide that, like, dude, you were on the most losing team in history, I mean, in, in recent memory. Yeah, but right now he's on the second best offensive line in the uh, NFL. That one that hasn't even played yet. Okay, all right. But, it, it, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to argue against that, I think. 20 and I, quarterbacks, homie. People are going to make 20. The, people are going to make the argument, well, the Hall of Fame is for individual achievements and for individual greatness, and there's validity to that. But how it, many guys don't make the Hall of Fame because they weren't able to win a Super Bowl? And if they would have won two Super Bowls... We keep quarterbacks zero, out of it exactly. all the time because of no Super Bowl rings, right? Now, you're going to judge the quarterback position, I guess, differently, which I don't know why. Football is the ultimate team sport. Right. I think, you know, obviously the NBA, a little bit more singular. A great guy can carry a team much further than, like, 
I agree with your sentiment that if you're that great, guys around you get better, this and that. I think that's probably more prevalent in the NBA where, where a great player can kind of like rise, rise the tide there for most people. Where NFL, it's like 53 guys. Everybody's got to work together, and it's hard getting everybody on the same page. So I think it's a little different. I would put time. A, you've had time. Yeah. You've had opportunities. It's not two years. Right. One of these, one of these times, it would translate into something, but... 20 quarterbacks that guy's had to protect. 20 that's second only to the number of head coaches he's had. I mean, dude, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank God they got an offensive line now, right? Second best in the NFL. Thank God. Good times. That's me being a little facetious there. I do by week six, everybody's going to be like, trade them all. That's what everybody do. I'm telling you. I fall for it every year, too. No, man, they look tough. They're hitting hard in practice. Did you see that hit by Peppers? They're hitting tough. And I'm telling you, by week six, you're going to want to trade them all. Green Day in town, Monday night at Blossom. Let's send you. We'll take all our 15 right now at 1-800-243-7625. 1-800-243-7625 on those Green Day tickets. And Fantone, buddy, I got bad news for you. Apparently, we might have to start preparing ourselves to say goodbye, not only to the GOAT, LeBron James, but one of the best ever to use a microphone. I'll explain next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. So this morning we took a piece of email from a from a female listener who was unhappy with some of the things that she heard during a best of bit. That we do best of from five to six AM in case you guys don't know. And we ran something and it was a little closer to the edge than some other stuff that we do around the program, and I'll admit that. But she was like, I don't think this this is like appropriate for my kids or whatever. And I, you know, I had made the claim that, you know, that, well, I don't program this this show to entertain children. I don't view what I do as children's entertainment or family entertainment for that matter. And uh, so she's responded again. She's like, look, I'm a sixth grade teacher with kids who like Rock 106.9. They're children in my middle school. And she it actually asked, would you like a reply to this? And she says no. And so, okay, I, 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 uh, I mean, for all the other stuff teachers are doing with their kids, I guess playing right. Rock 106.9 for them is not right. the worst. But I, uh, you know, I, I, well, you know, I'm sorry, Kathleen. I'm, I, I apologize. Now, at the end of the day, do I recognize and even kind of appreciate the fact that no, you and I don't make decisions based on sixth graders. But like, if I was in the sixth grade, I'd love the Stansberry Show, but I'd hide it from my mom. You know what I'm saying? My mom wouldn't know that I listened to it. I would be like, oh, dude, yes, I can finally turn on my Walkman. And, All right, dude, yes, I got the Stansberry Show on. You know what's weird is that shows like this are kind of something that yes young kids do find the humor in it and an adult still likes it like you can like your dad's favorite radio show a little bit of coming of age there where like oh they're talking about sex dude they're talking about drugs oh my god there's rock music and like of course you would think that was cool but if my mom knew that I was listening to that she would have yanked the radio it would have been it would have been an issue and even more so if my mom knew that my sixth grade teacher was playing the Stansberry show in the middle of the classroom dude my mom would lose her mind and rightfully so (laughs) I would lose my mind if that was my kid and I'm on the Stansberry show, right? I mean, like, like my nephews know that I'm on the radio, but their mom would never let them listen to So, this. like, I have a young niece, right? And my, my brother's obviously known about my career, so what he'll do instead of, like, that, and again, this is a little easier for them because they live in Vegas, so you're not listening live anyway, but my brother will listen to the podcast and let my niece listen to bits of it, like pieces of it, where it's like, okay, here he is talking about LeBron. I don't care if you need, you know what I mean? But she just is like, I want to know what Uncle Dan's doing. And so, like, he'll play her pieces of it, but he's not just letting it. Like, the one day, I guess they were traveling. 
and they were going to Seattle from Vegas, so they were driving, and they were in the car, and they had the iHeartRadio plugged in, and my sister-in-law, Roxanne, called me. She was like, I was never so scared in my entire life. There you were, totally innocuous, nothing the matter, and then next thing out of your mouth was this, and we were both like reaching for the dashboard to yank the cord out and all this stuff because we didn't want her to learn about that <laughs> from you but yeah they normally preview the podcast and then let them let her listen there's 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 you know everyone's gonna have a different line for what they feel like there there is and is not appropriate for their child and like lady you gotta recognize that this is not for children therefore will not be appropriate for most kids now if your 17 year old is driving or you know what i'm saying like well then that's one thing you guys both like the show yeah but like an 11 year old i'm sorry it's like how a parent will let a kid occasionally have half a beer after cutting the grass once you get to like 18 now i wouldn't do that with my kids but i understand why some parents do it's kind of like the same thing there like you're not totally ready for this but you're not exactly unprepared for it either so here's a little bit of it by the time you have your driver's license anything on the radio you should be prepared for i mean it's not like it's not like this is hardcore pornography it's not we're within the bounds of what the fcc allows us to do so like to make that to make that to make that assumption that's incorrect uh james tweets in and says i've been listening to you since the old radio station and i've hit it from my parents all along and uh, I'm reading this now from Twitter as well. Apparently, the BMV in North Canton has us on. Nice. He's uh, uh, Dan Winger says I was getting new tags for my uh, for my car, and I was hearing all about your personal issues. Jeez. So BMV North Canton, shout out. Is, Is it that- the BMV DMV? Remember when we got yelled at about that one? <laughs> BMV DMV, whatever. The one in North Canton, very quick, very efficient. I, dude, I love going to that place. Yeah, that's good stuff. There we are we are preparing ourselves to have to say goodbye to a legend, Phantom. I just don't feel like we have enough time to do this right here, and I want to make sure we give this the amount of time that it deserves. So we're going to take one more quick break here. We'll be right back and give you an update on Ric Flair next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. I know the thought of buying a new car sometimes can be a little overwhelming. You're probably worried about your credit. Don't be. Right now, the Wakeham Auto family is offering you a really good deal. If you have a job and just $99 down, you're pre-approved at Wakeham. They can do this because of their great finance team. 90% of the customers who visit a Wakeham store get approved and drive home in their new or pre-owned vehicle. And it's because they are Stark County's largest dealer. They work with more than 30 lenders. So even if your credit is a little questionable like mine was, you can get approved at the Wakeham Auto Family. You can start online at Wakeham.com or in person at the Wakeham Auto Mile. That's at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Map. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. I got to tell you, dude, the boss man just came in during the break, and I thought he was going to yell at us, but he didn't. He was like, gave us a little pat on the back and was telling us how good the show was today. You uh, a behind the scenes favored him yesterday, and I did. I did a huge favor for our boss yesterday, and I think that paid off for us. Oh, I, well, that that's normally the way I'll go. Like, if my boss, dude, if your boss needs your help and like asks you and has to come to you in a moment of weakness and ask for your help, you should always do it because it gives you one in the pocket. Um, asking for help, it's a humbling thing to do, especially when he's you, not great at when it. You, yeah, I mean, he's terrible <laughs> at being humble. He's terrible at admitting he's not that great he needs at something. It. So yesterday when I was kind of developing and I was like, oh, this is so good. Stansberry coming in in the clutch for him. Like, no matter what happens over this next, hopefully week, two weeks, maybe even a month, we got one in the pocket and uh, hopefully that's, you know, why he wasn't quite a dick to us this morning. Yeah, no, he was in a pretty good mood. I enjoy it. Um, sorry uh, sorry, I couldn't be a part of that yesterday. That was kind of on me that I was like, I had something else going on. But. Yeah, but what you had going on is real important too. And so like, 
I was able to get it done. Um, good job. And yes, it was real important. What I had going on yesterday was a meeting with the high-ranking officials at Ohio Championship Wrestling. Oh, I there's thought some, you were... There's some big things going on. You idiot. I thought you had Project Rebuild. I would have That's never... Thursdays. Thursdays. Damn it. Thursdays. Are you, so you're going to be there today? I will be at Project Rebuild. What time but, are you going to be there? Um, I don't know. Three o'clock, probably? All right. I, uh, I may swing by that. I want to check that operation out a little bit more in depth. Um, I will, uh, maybe, I don't know if today would be the day, but I would wait until we could actually take a tour of, of the house. Of, of the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right, well, good. Now I'm going to go home and take a nap today instead. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll figure something out for sure. I would imagine that this is going to be heartbreaking for you, right? But we're, like, preparing for Ric Flair to die. Apparently... Wendy Barlow, the fiance of WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair, has posted a statement on Facebook Wednesday saying the 16-time world champion has multiple organ problems. When you get to be a certain age, that's just going to happen, right? Right. And, I mean, a certain age of, you know, living the lifestyle that Ric Flair did, yeah, that's going to happen. I I shouldn't make jokes there. I mean, the guy's, like... They say not doing all that well. She says here, uh, I've been unable to talk on the phone without crying, and I just feel shocked over the events. Um, It's multiple organs that we're hearing are failing. And as a guy who was not the biggest wrestling fan. Now, when I was a kid, I loved it. But I just got to, you know, start to get a little older, and you just, you know, you shed some of that stuff. Um, But I can... I can definitely admit that Ric Flair was a huge part of my childhood, and my brother was like constantly my brother constantly practiced the mic skills in front of the mirror and like would pick me up and throw me down on the ground and like body slam me and would like pretend to be like he loved Ric Flair and Paul Orndorff it were like the, like the two wrestlers my brother loved Orndorff it was like the, like his two guys so I have heard the woo in my house I mean, dude, like, it's a good possibility that at Christmas dinner, my brother will turn, <laughs> will just turn to me and give me the flair woo as he's shoving, you know, potatoes into the pie hole there. Well, it's a great exclamation point in a conversation. Like, if you can drop a good woo on somebody, yeah, that's going to be certainly worth something. Um, don't get me wrong. Ric Flair, one of the greatest of all time to do it. There's oh, no, no. There, there's not even a debate about that. When you look at what he did in the ring, and you can go back far on him, dude. You can look at his rivalry with Dusty Rhodes. Obviously, he, when he went to WCW and kind of everything that happened there, and, and he, you know, a, a great of all time. But there are a lot of stories, and this is all pro wrestlers and musicians and actors and everybody else that you kind of admire in life. Um, oh, no. Just a lot of stories of sexual assault and things of that nature, where as I've gotten older, I have had to kind of take a step back and be, I like, didn't know that. be like, dude, if, he's, if he was really, you know, one of the things was he was on this plane, and it was the early 2000s, and this this was a notorious plane survived ride. Survived the, the crash, WWE. right? No, 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 oh. no. Survived the crash, and well, survived. He was walking around in his robe, waggling his D at everybody, at like the flight attendants, grabbed one of the flight attendants' hands, put it on his penis, and it was just like, I, I love the guy for what he did in the ring, but there is a little bit of like, well, dude, if you're walking around treating people like that, I have to look at you through a different filter. 
All right, that's fair. Taking taking your hand, taking someone's hand and placing it on your penis, that's, that's sexual assault, in my opinion. So, like, there is a little bit of, like, little yeah, Bill Clinton there. Of, of, of the dude is, you know, an all-time great at it. I, I won't deny it. The, the, the mic skills and everything that went into it, but I've, 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 I've soured a little bit on, on the Nature Boy. I remember I was watching, and this kind of speaks to this, because his documentary, The 30 for 30, is still coming out. Right. And that's going to be sad if he doesn't get to live to see it. That would be sad, I would imagine. Um, but I was watching another like documentary on National Lampoon's magazine. Yeah, it's a fat, drunk, stupid, nearly dead, or like so- something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's along those lines. But I love that magazine as a kid. Their radio show as a kid was awesome, and it's kind of like one of the things that made me want to get into this. But they were constantly talking about that, about how they would be in the office and they would just like pull out their their member. And like place it on the shoulder of a woman in the office, yeah. and like everybody thought it was funny, yeah. and they were like, and even some of the women were like, who were being interviewed, were like, yeah, Doug would do that constantly. We'd all have a really good laugh, and I was like, I work in a very relaxed environment. Radio is a very relaxed environment. I'm telling you right now, I do that today. I'm never heard from ever again. Now the 70s and 80s, just different times. 30 years ago, right? I was going to say 30, 40 years ago, we were living in a different world. Um, and I'm not going to be one of those people who expects you to live to the standard of today 50 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't necessarily uh, like, get upset with people. Like, when you when people make the excuse for their grandpa, like, well, he's from a different time, there is a little bit of like, yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, when you're born in that era... Yeah, but era, he's talking in 2017. Though. Right, but it's not like, it's not like your grandpa is necessarily... Staying up to date with everything and social norms and the way things go, so I can't I can't fault you for boys will be boys fifty years ago. But this was in two thousand and two. You knew at that point oh, grabbing yeah. a woman's hand you and putting it on your penis was wrong. You do. I mean, you knew it in nineteen seventy two, but obviously people didn't care. You want to hear some of the best of Ric Flair? Do we have it? Woo! I dress myself in cashmere. Woo! 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 I dress myself. Who made it's this amazing coat? what you yep. were willing to put work into and what you're not. <laughs> you go buy our money. You set up broke hell. just start, Jack. You keep your mouth shut. I'm gonna go in and slap your face. Ooh. I ain't leaving. I wear a fifteen thousand dollar Rolex. And you get on Space Mountain. You'll be like this. And now you and I are living the ride. Jet fly. Who are you? Diver, tell me how to wrestle. Right lights, big cities. I am Rick Flair, the president of the United States. What? What? All the girls in the neighborhood and made a pie. This Dylan, Wheeler Dylan, limousine riding Bischoff. You turn the camera off. And I'll be naked when you come back. What? What? Yeah, dude, Ric Flair just famous for losing his mind, screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm going to assume a lot of that was fueled by cocaine, but that's just assumptions on my part. Um, uh, I feel like that's a safe bet. <laughs> but one of the best to do it. I'm not going to cry when the guy dies, but certainly I'll acknowledge that, like, yeah, man, that's, a, that's an icon of an industry I love. I didn't on. know about all the sexual harassment stuff. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that. 
I wonder, if, are they going to get into that on the 30 for 30? I would imagine, right? I don't know. I know from, it was called like the WWE Flight from Hell. They were going from, I think, the UK back into America. There was fights that broke out. People were doing drugs on the flight. Like I said, Ric Flair was grabbing. And, and, Hogan screaming the N-word. And, right, right. I mean, the worst, <laughs> the worst of the worst, they settled out of court with the flight attendants and the airline, and so it kind of got hushed down and sealed up. Oh, so. yeah, Vince paid to make it go away. Right. Everybody has their price. I mean, that's just always been the standard. It's million dollar man Ted DiBiase, right there, my friend. Is Ric Flair the best ever to do it on the mic? <sighs> you know more about this world than I do. I know a lot of people give a lot of credit to The Rock for the mic yeah, skills. Yeah, I was going to say I, I, I might put The Rock ahead of him. But give me the Flair's top five. Give, give me Fantone's, dude. No, just give me the four. Give me Fantone's Mount Rushmore best on the mic WWE WCW guys. Best on the mic, um, Ric Flair. Okay, I will put The Rock. I'm going to throw the Miz from nowadays. The guy's fantastic on the microphone. He is. He is. I. Uh, I uh, but I would have expected you to go all older era. But I like it. Um, One more. And who am I going to? Who am I going to throw out there? Um, can I include a commentator? Bobby uh, the Brain Heenan. Oh, Heenan's great. He was fantastic on the mic. I was, you know what? If I have to include a wrestler, I'll say Jesse Ventura. He was fantastic on the mic. Ventura well. was fantastic. I was going to go another way, and I was going to vote for Jimmy the Mouth of the South Hearts. Ah. Jimmy Hart was awesome back in the day. Dude, you know the WWE is coming to Canton, Ohio, right? Yes, it is. October the 7th, I believe. Is it? Uh, your boy, I got tickets from the radio station, and they were like, hey, here's your tickets. They weren't good enough for me, so your boy dropped some cash and uh, it, it made the front rows happen. Did you? It made the front rows happen. Yeah, you hear to, that, dude. landlord? He has the money. <laughs> Don't let him lie to you, Verizon. Phantom totally has the money. Win your way out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. 9 o'clock, you get your next keyword. Stick around. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. And heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. We'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That will happen 9 a.m. on the program. You get your next keyword. Uh, I want to make you aware of this. Our good buddy, huge supporter of the show, Officer Lamar Sharp from the Canton Police Department, is doing a free community event Saturday, August 19th from 11 to 3. And that's hosted by Officer Lamar Sharp. They're doing a, uh, a lot party. And they say, register your child for our book bag and supply giveaway. Child must be registered to get a book bag. You can register at beabetterme.org. Um, we both love Lamar. Um, Fantone kind of like made me aware of this guy, and he was like, "Dude, you got to get on this before like the national TV shows did." And he was totally right about it. And uh, we built up a pretty good friendship with him. I actually did the dunk tank last year for this, and I did I agree to do it again this year? I think so. I think I, I, I did. Think so, so I have not heard from him as of yet. But Lamar, I know you normally listen in the morning, buddy. Um, this Saturday, I can absolutely make myself available for you for that. If you still would uh, would like to have me, um, you know we've uh, we've talked time and time and time again about community policing and what a difference it can make. How important it is. And Lamar Sharp really kind of proof the, of it. The spearhead of the efforts of the Canton Police Department. Um, you gotta give a little credit here to the department as a whole. Oh yeah, because dude, like he does a lot of these funny videos inside of his cruiser and stuff. And there are people out there that don't like it. And like not necessarily him, but there are people who feel like just police the streets, right? And like. 
his department and his bosses kind of get it. It's like, nah, you kind of need a little bit of this. And a little goodwill between community and police force is it will go a long way. I, I think it was the head of CPD that really kind of got this initiative started. And That's awesome. Lamar, I think, just took his charisma and his natural ability to he's connect He's the natural guy to do it. Right. And that's why he's, you know, he's kind of the face of this effort. Um, but, you know, as as we sit here and most kids going back to school either, you know, two days ago or next week, Monday or whatever the case is there. Um, that's one of those things where, I, you know, me and my girlfriend, we are double income, no kids. And like, I can only imagine we were in Walmart the other day and this woman had a cart full of crayons and pencils and blah, 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 blah hundreds of dollars and clothes and just stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God, babe, like right now we're both kind of like, well, don't spend too much money on this because we don't have that much money for this and right. blah, blah, blah. If you have kids, you don't have that option of like, well, we'll cut back on this because there is no cutting back on new school clothes. There is no cutting back on the supplies nope. that these kids need. So it's a, um, a, a need that, yeah, you know, the school year is coming down the pipeline, but if you're a family that's like, dude, I don't know how we're going to do this. This is an excellent opportunity for you to get the supplies that your kid's going to need to succeed. Register your kids at BeABetterMe.org, and the lot party will happen downtown the 19th, and I believe it's 11 to 3 is when you can find that going on. That is correct. We were talking about Mike Skills on the mic. Uh, WWE wrestlers Jen wrote in and says, Macho Man Randy Savage, he's got to be on the Mount Rushmore of Mike Skills. Um, Very good on the mic. There were oftentimes it was just incoherent rambling, I felt like, with Randy Savage just fueled by cocaine and steroids. Um, But yes, definitely on the short list of who should be at at the top of that. I saw this story, Fantone, and um, this is a head scratcher for me. And I know you take issue with this business um, no matter what. But Chick-fil-A... Which is a restaurant you've been critical of. Yes, and I just want to I, I want I, I want to give this a, a little context. This has nothing to do with oh, Chick Fil A hates gay people. This has zero. It's nothing, nothing about their policies. You just think the chicken care. sandwich is just a chicken sandwich. It is the most overrated restaurant in the history of restaurants. Oh, dude. that might be a little hyperbole. I'm not giving you hot takes, buddy. I'm telling truth <laughs> right now. Uh, most overrated restaurant in the history of restaurants. Everybody, oh, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. National so chains, good. right? National chains, yeah. I mean, we're not talking about mom and pops here. Uh, I'll take Chipotle for the win. But but I like where your head's at. Okay. Okay, because I like Chick-fil-A and I like it a lot, but I will admit that their enthusiasts make it sound like it's like a golden ticket to heaven. Excuse like that that relation. But like, and I think it it's very, very good. But uh, their enthusiasts kind of do get up on their hill about would it. Would you like a chicken sandwich that's kind of dry on a tasteless bun? Or would you like a chicken sandwich that's kind of dry on a tasteless bun here? No, and the sucks. pickle, that thing sucks. bothers me. I always say about a pickle on a chicken sandwich, it's like a pinky during oral. You ask me first. Like, I don't, you don't just assume that's that I, that I want that. We, we do like, you get clearance from the tower before buzzing it, Maverick. I need, I, I need to know on that. But Chick fil A is opening a new restaurant. They're opening another location and they're opening it in the stadium in which the Atlanta Falcons play football. Right? Okay. Now that makes sense, right? Fast food restaurants, quick service restaurants, and stadiums. Stadiums don't, it's not just hot dogs anymore. You have to have really good food at a stadium. Otherwise, people will bitch and not, not go. Yeah, you go down to Jacobs Field. Or progressive, I'm sorry. Um, you go to Progressive, and it's got you know local restaurants. Oh, I'll it's tell got you what it's got. Different food options. It's got the Cleveland pickle in it, which is one of the best sandwich shops you'll ever have. And yes, they are owned by friends of mine. But dude, oh, Cleveland pickle is delicious. But I mean, you know, it's got 
a ton of different options for you. And Chick-fil-A makes sense because if you're at a football game with your it's a with brand your, you know with your eight-year-old and it's like, Dad, I want something to eat, instead of having to go like, you know, grab some hot dog that's been floating around in water for a little bit, it's like, yo, here's a chicken sandwich that are chicken nuggets that I know you're going to enjoy. So I I, I get why you do that. Here's the problem. These restaurants are not open on Sunday. Oh yeah. And they're not opening this one on Sunday. Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. They're not going to open the Chick-fil-A. For the football games? It says the stores are all closed nationwide on Sunday without a second thought about losing the billions in potential revenue. And I've said about Chick-fil-A in years past, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, even as a guy who loves it, it's like, dude, you guys are in the sandwich business and you're not selling them on hangover day. That seems crazy to me, but hold true. At least I will say this about Chick-fil-A. They put their money where their mouth is. They yeah. don't just preach to you. They actually do it in application. And so that I can, I disagree with them, but I can respect their position because they hold themselves to their standard. Yeah, it is admirable. I mean, most people who, you know, and companies in particular who are on a high horse are hypocrites, but at least you have, like, you know, your principles. It's going to be closed until Thursday, December the 7th, when the Falcons play the New Orleans Saints, probably heated battle there, in division battle there, for its first and only non-Sunday game of 2017. Why would you spend all this money to put this restaurant in here to open one day? I'm sure it'll be open for what else? Does does any other team play there? It's a dome, right? Atlanta's yeah, and there'll be concerts and stuff. But so I I could see concerts. They probably do more events in that dome than like the than Cleveland does with First Energy Stadium. Yeah, Um, I. uh, yeah, yes, okay, so we'll give you, let's say... Like, I'm sure that's where Metallica plays when they go there, let's, right? Let's say there's... But how many of those are there? 25 a year? 50 a year? That's like, pr- 50 is a bit much. You'll, you'll know this, but like when the WWE rolls into Atlanta... Like, is that where they do it? Yeah, okay. I would assume right. so. I, I I think so. Okay, well then, yeah, I mean, that probably goes there twice a year. But, le- but let's... Motocross is probably in there a lot. Let's say that's... Uh, let's say 50 other events, 100 other events, and we're talking sellouts. We're not talking like a motocross or uh, indoor truck rally isn't necessarily going to be a sellout. Stuff that's a guaranteed... Fill up your stadium, I, dude. I think, oh God, guarantee sellouts are less and less these so days. Twenty. That it just feels like it feels like bad math to me. I will take the under on thirty. Is what is what 25. I would say. Yeah, I, I would take the under. On, I would take the under on thirty. I remember, like, I was up for a, for a morning show job in Atlanta, and it was a station that's not there anymore. It was called the Project ninety six one, and it was actually flipped, and it was actually ninety six rock for. Ever and it was like a legendary rock station, and they were trying to pull us away um, when we were doing afternoons, and they were trying to seduce us away. And so we flew down to Atlanta, and I asked the guy in his in his office. I said, "Well, talk to me about sports." I said, "Where I come from, it's football. They're crazy about football. So, like, 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 what happens here? Is this a is this a Braves town? Is this a Falcons town? Is it a Hawks town? Like, what are they into?" And the guy at the time said to me, "He's like, they don't care about any of that stuff." He was like, "When they're good and they're like they're chasing for championships, they'll go to games." He's like, "But this is not one of those towns that's inherently sports like crazy." He's like, "It's just not that way." He's like, "They're into NASCAR. They like motocross. They like the extreme sports, but like they'll go to football games, but they're not." He said to us, "He's like this." is not like a Browns fan base. It's not the same. 
And yeah, so, like, what? I mean, so maybe they are doing a lot. Of, but my point to tell you that boring ass story is to tell you that maybe there's a bunch of other events in there that Chick Fil A knows about. I can't imagine they're just going to throw good money after bad. And I guess what it boils down to is Chick Fil A was willing to do this, and the stadium was like, "Well, if you're going to give us the money to rent out the stadium, space, doesn't care. I don't, I don't care what stadium what doesn't that care at all. Know. At the end of the day, it's it's less problem for them, and they're still getting the money for you to be in there. Yeah, I just think it's that's a weird thing. I mean, that's a, basically a building built for. Sundays, and you're not going to be open on the day where everybody's in there. Seems a little strange for me, but I will get, like I said, I will give Chick-fil-A credit because they practice what they preach, and more people need to be doing that. We'll send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your next keyword happens next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I won't call it arguing, Fantone. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Forgot to do that part. Sorry. Sorry. Damn it. It's all right. It's all right. Nobody's paid attention. But this guy uh, on Twitter, you know, I, I was talking about how I feel like LeBron's going to go, right? And all he's right. like, I don't care. Because he's a big Indians fan, right? So he doesn't necessarily care what's happening with the Cavs. And I said to him, I was like, well, dude, you will care when Tumbleweed's floating down the streets in downtown Cleveland again. He says, oh, come on, you're making too much of that. And it's like, no, dude, you can look at the financial impact from when he was here the first time to when he left to when he came back. Why do you think the Republican National Convention was here? Because LeBron James was here. And I know what you're thinking right now. No, you idiot. He's a Democrat. Right. Doesn't matter. LeBron makes Northeast Ohio viable. Now, I know yeah, this is going to be the next one. We're a swing state. Right. Could have done it in Philly. Could have done it in Philly. If, but if, you didn't. If you don't recognize the impact that a championship caliber team has on your, insane. Your, 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 your geographical area, come on. He says it'll have an impact, but downtown won't be totally empty like you had said. I worked there all year round and I see it. Yeah, I used to work down there too. And I could park my car on the street with no problems when I worked downtown. Couldn't do it now. Can't do it now. I'm telling you. Like, dude, this guy... Why do you think Dan Gilbert was going to redo the the, the the queue? Why do you think all that stuff was happening? It's LeBron James. I'm telling you, the financial impact. I know guys who own restaurants downtown. I know bartenders who work downtown, and they've all said, "Thank God that dude comes back." And I'm talking about people who don't wa- don't watch sports. They were like, "Thank God this guy is back because all of my money is tied into one player." Like I'm telling you, that's a financial impact. I mean, go look it up. The mayor's on record. He had attributed yeah. like a couple hundred million dollars to it. I, there's there's plenty of things in the LeBron James discussion that I'll take points of contention with, but like this, the, the financial impact of the guy is unquestionable. Yeah, you can't question that. I hear this one a lot, too. He's not going anywhere. He wants his kids to play at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Oh, my dear God. <laughs> so, so we're going to make the argument that a professional athlete, the, the, the arguably the biggest star in the world, doesn't have a net jet pass. <laughs> that, that's what we're saying. And he's not selling the the, the palace and bath. I mean, he's still going to be. I mean, him and Savannah and the kids are still going to live. Oh, that house is live. always going to be there, no matter right. what he does. It's a mall, dude. It's not even a house. That thing is like it's a mall. Yeah, like, it's, it's it's astronomically large. Yeah, that, so, thing, that, that thing is freakish. There's a story, and I said this to Fantone during one of the commercial breaks today. There's a story that I feel is out there that nobody's talking about. And so then that makes it our job to kind of expose it. There's a lot of he said, she said, you're wrong, we're wrong about what's happening here in Charlottesville, right? Okay. But there's an underlying story here that I can't believe more people are not picking up on. 
But Barack Obama had made a tweet about Charlottesville, and it was a photo of him reaching through a school window and shaking hands with multiple different children of all kind of backgrounds. And okay. he kind of did what Obama does, which is use presidential voice and was very calm. And like, I, I don't have the quote right here in front of me, but it was like all about being like love will battle all or something along those lines. Right. And the reason why I bring it up is it is the single most liked tweet in the history of Twitter. The single most liked tweet in the history of Twitter. Now, I know, being an intelligent person, that of course that's going to happen because Twitter is incredibly leftist. Okay? It's overall, the mentality on Twitter is incredibly leftist. It's just the truth of it. But our current president, Donald J. Trump, loves Twitter. And you have, there's no way that Barack Obama having the most liked tweet ever, given how much he likes to tweet, that this is not chapping his ass. And nobody's talking about that. Yeah. I, you, you bring all that up and. That's his most favorite outlet, Fantone. And nobody's talking about how this has got to be killing him inside. I've, I've given President Trump credit really for keeping Twitter relevant. And I'm sure the people at Twitter recognize that and understand that. And that's when, when people were like, oh, Donald J. Trump, he's he's breaking Twitter's terms of services. And that's why they should suspend his account. Shut up, people. You think they're going to do that? No. Shut up. No. Shut they up. Are, dude, Twitter is losing members by the day. I mean, a, I think they lost like 2 million subscribers last year. What a big Hail Mary that would be for them if they do decide to suspend a Trump account just because it'll be like... A, a, a newsmaker, you know what I'm saying? That'll be a, a hey, we're still relevant. Um, it's my favorite social media platform just because I feel like it's... Um, well, it limits the idiotic amount of, uh, of words people can use. Yeah, but more than anything, like my problem with Facebook is, is like I don't care about the people I went to high school with. I don't care about people that I used to like work with and stuff like that. I'm not trying to be a dick about that. I'm just saying like I'm much more interested in the things that I care about wrestling and basketball and comedy and like all those different things that I follow. I don't follow the kid I was in sophomore math class with, but I'm friends with him on Facebook and bro, I don't care what you think about the current political climate. So I feel like it's a little bit more focused in on the interests of what I, uh, of what I'm into, but there's no way that he because this isn't just like you know McDonald's has a more like tweet than Trump this is Obama and his enemy right his his, his the, the whole the heel the, the heel to his hero like that's the way he views it and so this is twofold for me a it's got to be chapping his ass that Obama has the most like tweet ever and I've said about Trump Twitter starts with T, so does Trump. That's the one I'm using. That's what I've said about it, right? But you would think that as a guy who's suffering popularity issues, that you would look at what Obama tweeted and said, oh, well, that's why they love him. All I got to do is do a little bit of that, and I'll win a lot of this over. This is like when he said, remember when he said he wouldn't do a, he, he wasn't going to do a basketball pool, pool right. for the NCAA, and right. I said, what are you doing? Obama's done this every year he's been in office. People love it. And this is something very simple you could do to earn a little good favor. And this, a tweet like what Obama did would earn you a little bit of good favor. I don't know why he's so resistant to dip into the pool of what your opponents do. This is what people do all the time. Anytime your opponent is beating you with something, you take a little bit of, of what you can do and work it into your repertoire. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why he won't do it.
you know, the president has reached the heights that he has, so I don't know if he necessarily needs my criticism or my like observation when it comes to this. But sometimes he sometimes he is oblivious to public perception. And we've brought it up before that he understands America better than America understands itself. Yeah, that was my take on him the entire election. But sometimes he doesn't understand America's perception of him. And you're right. It's just such little things you could do. Simple. You lose nothing. Self-preservation things. Where it's just like, I mean, sometimes it's like, well, dude, I I don't care about this, but I know my boss is watching me, so it's like, well, dude, I'm going to do this. Do a little bit of this. Because he's going to see it, and then I'll buy myself goodwill the Rest of the next time I F something up, it's going to be a little buffer zone there for me. And he refuses to be a part of that. Now, I think a part of that is is ego is like, I don't need to worry about public perception. I'll do what I want to do. And they're going to, you know, you're probably right. Right. So you're probably right. It just I know nobody's talking about that. And you got to know it's killing him inside to know that the most liked tweet ever is not only by a president, but by a guy he claimed was the worst president ever. I would say that hopefully President Trump feels like, dude, I've got so many other things on my plate right now. This is a non-issue to me, but I don't believe that. I, 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 no, I, I think that's why uh, why he's going... I think that's why he's starting to freak out a little bit. I think that's why, he's, why his statements have been what they've been over the last two days is because of this, is because of the Obama tweet, because it's making him crazy. Because, dude, he has shown an inability to get over his distaste for he and Hillary Clinton. He has shown an inability to get over that. I've never seen a guy win more and talk about the people he beat more than Donald Trump. I've never seen that. Notice, like, I'll I'll equate it to radio, right? When Mo was on the radio at Q92, I would battle with him a little bit, and I would point out how bad he sucked, and I I promised you all, didn't I? I said, look, this show's going to get so good, they'll have to fire him because he won't be able to compete. And that's what happened. But the moment they fired him, I shut up about it. Because I beat him. It's over. I won. Notice, I don't talk about DeLuca because he sucked, and I kicked his ass, and he was afraid of me, and he ran to Florida. I don't talk about that anymore because I won. When you win, you got to move forward. You know what I mean? And that's, I just, I, I feel like, dude, as everybody likes to attack the president, and I'm not one of those guys that likes to attack him, but, like, I was like, there's this huge story about this tweet right here, and nobody's touching it. And I get it, it's because Charlottesville is a more important issue. And I would agree. So that's why, like, the news is staying focused on that, because that's more important. Charlottesville, North Korea, Russia, the economy. Well, like, I there's mean, plenty of things that should be in front. Well, I mean, but the, the I mean, some people say, claim he kind of got a win there on that North Korea thing, right? Like, he did kind of back down a little bit there. Well, and it's all over now. I'm sure there's going to be nothing that happens <laughs> well, in the future. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, maybe some of that talking tough did kind of do that, though. You know what I mean? I don't know that it didn't. I won't. I won't give them all the credit for it, but I don't know that it didn't play. North Carolina, North Korea, taken care of. All done with that one. Apparently, Devin's telling me uh, that Barack Obama's tweet is also the most retweeted tweet in the history of the platform. I have no problem believing that either. Um, I'll say this: as a guy who was critical about Barack Obama, and if you think I'm an incredibly leftist person, go back and check the podcast. I was incredibly. I, I do when Obama did things I didn't like. I was all on his ass about it. But I will say, he did have presidential voice, and he did use his presidential voice for unity most of the time. Although it should be pointed out, for the interest of, for those of you on the other side, I will remind everybody listening, though, that a poll done at the end of Obama's presidency had listed race relations as the worst they had been since the 92 riot. So as you're hearing now that this is all about Trump, some of this had been building from before. But I, So I got to meet you halfway. I got to give you that. Okay. 
But I do believe that Obama, through Twitter, used unity a little bit more than he tried to be divisive. But maybe I'm wrong. I'd have to look through a history of all of his tweets. But I just thought that that was interesting because I know it's killing him inside. Because he's shown that before, that these kind of things get to him and they fester in his mind. It's going to be interesting to see what the fallout of that may be. I think maybe we've already seen some of it. More Sands Ray Show headed your way. That happens next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wacom Auto Family. It was about four months ago I bought a pre-owned car from Wacom, and I did it because they were able to find me exactly what I wanted and well within my price range. And they can do it for you as well. And if you're a parent thinking about sending your college student back to campus without a car, don't. Right now, Wacom has a huge selection of pre-owned cars on sale. And a Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Missed anything from yesterday or even today's program. Podcast that there at WRQK.com. And 11 a.m., you'll get your next keyword of the day for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That goes down in Las Vegas, September 22nd and 23rd at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. And we'll put you in there at 11 a.m. I'm reading here from Hugh Jackson says, don't read too much into this QB decision for Monday night. Yes, we're going to stop uh, start Brock Osweiler, but it has nothing to do with what we're going to do for starting quarterback week one of uh, of the NFL season. Nothing to do? I mean, it's got something to uh, do. Okay, don't it, parse right? my words. I, I'm paraphrasing there, okay. so don't parse that too, okay. too much, but... Um, he, he says, "Look, it's like this is just who we're who's this is who's starting Monday night, not necessarily who's starting the season week one." Is essentially what he had said. I now I have related my feelings for Brock Osweiler the way a lot of people felt about Donald Trump after the day after the election, which is not the guy I would have picked, but I can't root for him to fail because then my country fails. And much like this, I feel the same way about Osweiler, not the guy I would have picked. But if he fails, my team fails, and I don't want that. Now, I have some fanboys for the Browns via my Twitter, and they're telling me they're going to win six games. A guy tried to tell me yesterday they're going eight and eight this year. I would bet the house they don't go eight and eight. I mean, dude, if Vegas gave me odds on that, I would bet. I Seriously, I would take out a loan. I would go to CSE and take out a signature loan today and bet against eight and eight. I'd bet my life against eight and eight. That will that is not happening this year. You know how I know? How's you that? don't go eight and eight without a solidified quarterback. Yeah. If you don't know who your quarterback is, you're not going eight and eight. You're just not doing it. I understand, and I will agree with that. There's things to be optimistic about when it comes to the Cleveland Browns this year. What I do you think those things are? I, I definitely think that the Browns are a better team than they were last year. I think that they can improve on that. I think that their defense will be considerably better by the additional by the addition of of Miles Garrett alone. The ability for him to swallow up blockers will open up opportunities for linebackers. On other ends of the line, right. I, yeah. I, I, I feel like that's a given. Like, yes, they are better in that aspect. But to say that they're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, what are you guys talking about? That's insane. That, I would say, what are you smoking? But I'm smoking the same stuff that he is. And, uh, dude, I don't believe that at all. Joe's, at all. Joe's tweeting in and says, I think they're running him out there so they can try and sell him. And I understand that that's a theory people have. But let me tell you the best, not putting him on the field. I mean, what are you going to do? Put him on national, t- put him on TV so everybody can see he can't play. 
I mean, I guess the best you're going to be able to do is sell him as a backup because he would be, a, you know, that's a good position for him. But with an, a huge contract that he has, eh, I, dude, I, I don't see why you don't just embrace it. What are we waiting for? Go with Brock Osweiler. Say that that's the guy week one. If he can make it an entire season, I think it's the, if he can make it 16 games, I think that's the best thing that could happen to Kaiser. I don't understand what the downside to not putting Kaiser on the on the field this year is. Like, there's a downside to putting him on the field too early. There's no downside in in waiting an, another year. There isn't, or waiting the the year, the first year. There's no, there's not, there's not. You're not going to win. Even Doesn't if Kaiser's matter. this much better than Osweiler, what are you going to win? One more game, maybe. Doesn't matter if that, if that. And so, and he's not that much better. If anything, these dudes are a wash. In like, you think so? I know. I think that I think that Brock Osweiler is the better, more NFL. right now. Yes, today if I'm picking a starter of the three guys that are on the Cleveland Browns roster between Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler, and Brock Osweiler, I'm picking my starter today. It's Brock Osweiler. It's not that. It's not that I think like, oh, dude, that's the guy, the savior of the franchise. Browns going eight and eight. No, not a ten year guy, but he's this year's guy. I don't think any of that. I just think that if if, if I'm trying to win a game week one. And that's what the goal is, is to win that week one game. I don't see how Brock Osweiler is not your guy. I'm hearing now I'd rather have a huge contract as a back uh, a backup than Kaepernick. I disagree. I, I think I, I think I disagree. I, I think Kaepernick is probably a, and I've been critical on, on Colin, but I um I think he's probably a better quarterback than Brock Osweiler. I think his athleticism probably gives you plays that we couldn't get. The problem, and I've said this about Cleveland being the landing spot for Colin Kaepernick, you can't do it because the most popular Browns player is always the backup quarterback. He needs to go. I think the perfect place for Colin Kaepernick to go is Carolina because nobody's going to be in that stadium telling you to sit Cam Newton to play Colin Kaepernick, but they play a similar style, so if something happens to Cam, it's it's plug and play. That's where Colin needs to go. I don't want to get sidetracked on Colin Kaepernick. Okay, okay. I think... Um, I think I'm I'm with you, Fantone. I think Brock Osweiler's probably the best pick because we've done this. Like Fantone's been on this since the show started. You really believe this organization ruined Tim Couch, and yeah, that Tim Couch would have been a fantastic pro quarterback, or at least a a, a pretty good one. Career would have went considerably different if you weren't in Cleveland. If you weren't rushing him to play day one, and you had more of a line, you had more position players. I think you can point to a million different examples of quarterbacks who were able to learn under somebody else. I mean, we have to remember that I know the NFL is a different game nowadays, but like 25 years ago in the NFL, rookies didn't play. Rookies did not play. You couldn't play. It was an old man's league. Right. So like, I don't understand this. Like, well, no, man, 35. Now now they have to do this. Now is the time. Like you, you, you didn't have the opportunity. I, you, you, you had to wait. You had to learn. And that was a good thing for the development of quarterbacks. You know, people always point to Aaron Rodgers. You know, well, he sat three years under Brett Favre. Yeah, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Aaron's pretty good. Like, Wait, Tom Brady sat for quite a while. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, he did. I mean, I, I, and he I, wasn't Tom Brady when he first started playing. I, I, I think we could probably go through it and have got to sit better down, over time. Have to sit down with uh, you know with Google and, and do it. But I'm sure if you looked at quarterbacks who were upper echelon, who were elite quarterbacks, who were able to do that. I, I, you know, I don't think Dan Marino, the, the year that he got drafted, was like, all right, game one, year one, rookie one, get out there and go do it, Dan. He gave guys time back then. I'm going to give you uh, this idea coming from Twitter. Krebs 40 says, the first four weeks are really rough. 
Week five is the Jets, who are terrible and are worse off at quarterback than we are. Let Brock start week one through four, put Kaiser in in week five, and let him go from there. Mm. I don't hate your idea, and I think it's based on some decent, like, happy hour logic is what I always call that stuff. But what I will tell you is, if Brock or if Deshaun Kaiser, if Kaiser's not ready to play until he plays a terrible team, then he's not ready to play. Then just sit him the year. If it has to be a terrible team for him to be viable, right. sit him the whole year. Right. What's That's the, my take on that. You, you what's you got to look at, at at the assets and liabilities of it. What's the pro? What's the con? What do you gain? What do you lose? There's not much to lose when it comes to sitting Deshaun Kaiser. There's really not. You lose nothing. Right. So you like, give what, nothing. What, what, and how much is there to gain if you start him? I feel limited. Maybe one more victory, if that. A couple if, of more first downs. I, I think if, that's it. If that. See, here's another example. Pat's writing in uh, via the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Show says this. Steve Young also sat. Now, that's a great example. But Pat, I wonder if, if this isn't more true. Is it coincidence that these great quarterbacks... Waited. I don't think Steve Young would have waited on the sideline had Joe Montana not been there. I think if Brett Favre isn't your starting quarterback in Green Bay, you don't sit Aaron Rodgers because of the freakish talent the kid showed at Cal. I think these guys are... I think we're able to point at the exceptions and not the rule. And I've argued these same things before. Well, you know, you sit quarterbacks, look how good they end up being. But isn't it also possible that it is just... That they, they were going to be great quarterbacks either way. Well, but I mean, what could you point more at? The outliers of, of you know, these guys sitting and turning into elite quarterbacks that are, are Hall of Famers or dudes who started too soon and washed out of the league. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot more guys that have started that that, that started too soon, that got thrown to the Wolves. And got Tim won. Couch, Ryan a Leaf, million, Jamarcus dude. Russell. We could sit here for an hour if we thought yeah, about it. Uh, yeah, you could go on forever. So, uh, worst case scenario is, okay, This Deshaun Kaiser was never going to be anything big. We let him sit for a year. We played him sophomore year, and then all of a sudden we saw that he wasn't the guy. That's still a better scenario to them. To me, than throwing him out there week one, letting Pittsburgh just feast on his bones, shattering his confidence, and never really getting to see the 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 potential that he of what he could have been. See via Twitter at the uh, at D Wing Nine says that's exactly the point though is that there's no great quarterback in front of Kaiser to have him sit. There's no reason to sit him behind a guy who you don't want him learning from, and. I don't buy that. I don't think you necessarily you don't have buy that. To, I, I, you, no, your mentor doesn't have to be the best quarterback. I think it's fine to learn from Brock Osweiler. I do. The guy has experience in the game. The guy knows the game's not too fast for him. He has experience in moments. You're not always going to have the best mentor of all time, but it's better than skipping that step, in my opinion. Okay. I feel like there are both both sides have great arguments as to why you should do it versus not do it. I think that they both, and I think that that's why it's a tough decision for Hugh Jackson. I know this to be true. No matter who they start at quarterback, it will not be who ends the season at quarterback, and we will be the most reactionary NFL franchise there is. Whatever is being screamed from the 500 section in the stadium is what's eventually going to end up being on the field, because that's what we have done. We have shown an inability to keep with the plan. We always fold to fan pressure. I have a problem with that. I'm hearing this, too, from Believeland-Sports.com. Sources are saying that the Browns expect Josh Gordon to be reinstated. A source told them earlier this week that the Cleveland Browns fully expect wide receiver Josh Gordon to be reinstated by the National Football League after he files for reinstatement early September. 
given everything that's going on with Ezekiel Elliott, the NFL might want to throw fans a bone, right? And not not hold a not not hold a kid out of the league forever over getting high while Ezekiel Elliott's Mul- got a six game suspension, multiple infractions. I know. yeah, I know. I hear you. You're but, right about that. But but I don't see why the Browns say no. I mean, yeah, you've had your heart broken by it a million times, but still. I don't see why the Browns let him go somewhere else. Sign him. Sign him. I mean, worst case scenario, he's suspended again. He is right. He has shown you he's got the ability. You know that. He has shown you that he has the inability to stay on the field. How many years has it been, though? Does he still have that ability? Oh, I think even I, I think the ability that we've saw on the field, even if you reduced it forty percent, Fantone, isn't he still pretty good? It's still probably the best receiver on the Browns. Yeah, I would say that. We will end the program. We will do that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend pigs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. After you've been in a car accident, all you want is peace of mind. And North Canton Collision can give it to you. So whether you've been in a collision, big or small, North Canton Collision, that's who you call. Every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of it, missed anything, podcast at WRQK.com. Fantone, I will tell you and everybody else this, that Officer Lamar Sharp and I have been in contact, and it is official. I will be in the dunk tank this weekend. Nice. Saturday the 19th, down in Market Square for Lamar Sharp's Be a Better Me Foundation. And uh, what they're doing is uh, supplying book bags for kids heading back to school, loaded down with school supplies and stuff, but your kid must be registered to receive a book bag, and you can do that at BeABetterMe.org. Now, I don't have um, the events 11 to 3. Now, he had me do this for an hour last year in the dunk tank because they wanted to rotate people in, and you know yeah. the kids want to see other people get dunked and that kind of, of stuff. So I don't know which hour I will be in the tank as of yet. I will try to track down that information, pass it along to everybody else tomorrow, but we would love to see you out there Saturday. Um, I'm a huge fan of Lamar, and I like uh, being a part of anything that he's doing. It's also a young lady, Lamar, knows that I would like to get to know a little bit better. So well, there you go. There's, there are ulterior motives behind this. Miss Bad Bitch 2017, was he able to track her down? No. Was he able to find out the, the twerking chicks? No? no, 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 but he is close to somebody that I have found <laughs> okay. to be uh, that I have found to be a little attractive. All right. So we'll see if I can, if I can make that happen. I'm willing to get wet to try to make somebody else that way. I'm, uh, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to try that. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Show will be back live 6 a.m. tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have an awesome afternoon.